Welcome to Anything Goes, the best geek and pop culture podcast broadcasting from Long Island, New York. I'm your host, Timothy Rooney. Now, if you've been following my Twitter feed that I've uh, been kind of posting every now and then with the upcoming Captain America Civil War movie coming out in a wide release, it's been released here and there throughout uh, the country now, and, and now it's been out for a week internationally. And it's one of the biggest selling points is the introduction of Spider-Man. I decided to look at the most recent Spider-Man series, The Amazing Spider-Man. We won't be talking about both movies, just the first one. And like with every show, I have a guest. Now, who is with me today? Uh, it is I. Most know me as White Kobe, but it is Joe Noel. How are you and, doing, sir? Uh, you know, I'm doing pretty good. Anytime I get to talk about Spider-Man, I'm doing exceptionally good. So, uh, I'm definitely in a good mood and... Uh, Definitely ready to uh, do some geeking out on Spider-Man. Awesome. And like I said, this is a movie review of The Amazing Spider-Man, the first one. So let's jump into that. first introduced to the character of spider-man uh my probably my big first introduction was actually the cartoon series in the 1990s mm-hmm. uh, uh you know i spent a lot of my i mean i was a little kid when it first started so i didn't really pick it up until its latter years but uh you know i spent a lot of my weekend mornings watching that show and uh, I was hooked instantly. Just uh, all I, I think it was just the vast amount of characters and storylines that was going on that really just drew me in. And uh, the character of Spider-Man as well. I mean, one doesn't really necessarily get drawn in without also being very, you know, attached to the main character and the superhero and, you know, that entire storyline as well. So it was pretty much just everything about the character and his you know his foes and his storylines that just instantly drew me so it was really that cartoon series that got me first introduced and then from that point on it just kind of continued to escalate and i have a very similar story that much like you i was first introduced to the character with the the 90s tv show and that was like around the same time. Like I had like almost like a diet of like cartoon shows I watched at the time. One would being the the Batman anime series, Spider Man and X Men. Yeah, and I would constantly watch them, and like they were a staple of my childhood right there. So much so is when they were put back on Netflix a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. I spent many of my hours of my college years watching rewatching that because I was like, I this may be taken off re- relatively soon so i don't want to miss that so i ended up marathoning that entire se- series i do not recommend that because you'll be a little fried when you're done with it <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> um now the amazing spider-man is obviously a, the rebooted series and not the first spider live action spider-man movie there were three of them before then all directed by sam raimi starring toby Maguire and Kristen dunst as the, and james franco as the main characters so, what are your quick thoughts on those three movies before we jump into Amazing Spider-Man? Uh, 
Well, I, I mean, I have a lot of thoughts, obviously, but I think starting as a whole, um, you know, clearly it, it, it sort of became a scenario where, unfortunately, you know, Spider-Man's one of, in my mind, has always been one of those, like, top five superheroes that when someone throws out a, you know, oh, name me five superheroes, I mean, in my opinion, most people are going to say Spider-Man, and I think that it was obviously as hyped as it was, and how could it not be, and you know, unfortunately, by the time we got to the third movie, we all know what happened. Uh, you know, as far as the first two go, I thought they were pretty well done. I mean, when I look back now and I watch Sam Raimi's first Spider-Man uh, with William Defoe as, as Norman Osborn and that whole thing, it's not as good as I as I remember it being when I first saw it, but it, it's still solid. And, and then you look at the second one, and it was, you know, one of the best superhero movies, I think, in my opinion, that's been made. I mean... You know, the whole Doc Ock storyline was done extremely well. Uh, you know, it, it was by far probably the best Spider-Man movie that's been made. Mm-hmm. And I know most people will agree with that. You know, and then unfortunately, by the time we got to the third, it was just, you know, your classic case of, of studios dipping their hands in, Sam Raimi, uh, you know, not agreeing, then agreeing. And then you've got all this, you know, you've got a bunch of characters being done wrong on top of a bunch of characters being thrown into a movie period. And it became the disaster that it was. And, you know, most Spider-Man fans like myself kind of want to close their eyes when that movie's on just because it was, uh, well, it was pretty awful in my opinion, but as far as the first two go, they were, they were done well. I mean, they weren't horrible. They're at least watchable in like the third one. And the second one's extremely watchable. They, the second one almost makes them all worth it, but Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as a whole, the third one really brings it all down. It kind of becomes a scenario where, eh, just watch the first and the second, and you'll get you'll get your fix of Spider Man. And I do agree with you. And like with um, Spider Man coming out, I remember my uh, neighbor and I would used to we used to go to the when the almost like the genesis of like this golden age of comic book movie starting like in two thousand. We'd go to see every one of them. So we saw X-Men together. We saw Spider-Man X2 and Spider-Man 2 and Hulk and everything like that during that early 2000s period. Mm-hmm. And and so I have very fond memories when it comes to those first two Spider-Man movies. And I agree, Spider-Man 2 is probably in the top 10 best comic book movies and arguably the best Spider-Man movie to date. And I do agree there are problems with Spider-Man 3. There are more cons than there are pros with that movie but there are moments where i really enjoy it like i remember the the uh crane like action sequence when it goes into the building and spider-man saves uh gwen stacy i really enjoy but then of course there's the uh, emo uh peter parker and topher grace as eddie brock it's yeah leaves a little bit to be desired yeah i mean that's (laughs) That's arguably, and I mean, I'm sure we'll get into this at some point, because if, if you ask most people, and especially me, it's it's my biggest, uh, I want to stick a knife in, in these movie makers' eyes, is they <laughs> basically tried to tackle arguably the biggest, if not at the least, one of the biggest Spider-Man storylines, and they basically tried to shove it in... They tried to make it consistent with the black suit, and then they tried to shove the really quintessential part of it, <clears throat> Venom, mm-hmm. and throw that in the final act of the movie like it was nothing. So, 
I mean, a lot of that was pressure from the outside, people wanting Venom and, and Raimi basically giving in at the last second, which at this point he just shouldn't have done with what he did with the character. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that that was my biggest problem with it, you know, because you have a whole collection. Granted, that was how they did it in the cartoon series because it's a TV show. You can spend numerous amounts of episodes, but, um, you know, the whole Venom storyline, I mean, he is... He's your bad guy. And, uh, you know, knowing the background on that and reading, you know, things on it, watching the television show and everything, and then watching that, uh, well, debacle of a character that he <laughs> tried to do with Topher Grace, which, oh, my God, that, I mean, that right there is Eddie Brock. Is, <laughs> I mean, I don't know what was worse, Venom or Eddie Brock. I mean, it's almost like take your pick as to which part of the character they did worse. and. <laughs> When when you do the main villain wrong, you're automatically going to get a lot of haters, and that kind of just sealed the deal for me on that third movie of like, well, I think this is it for this series. So, and it's funny because it was a financial success despite all the things that were wrong with it. Yeah, and and like you're saying, the black suit and Venom being two separate things, but also very they're intrinsically uh, connected. I think one of my favorite scenes in the movies, besides the crane scene, is when he removes the black suit from him when he's in the uh, the church bell tower. Mm-hmm. I think that's great, perfectly well done. And then how it falls on Venom and like he turns into Venom. You could have left that for Spider-Man Four. That would have been fine. I don't think everybody. I don't think people would have forgiven you not yeah. having him in the final act. It's the one of the biggest like uh, tilting at windmills moment where like. So Sam Raimi's done two movies for Sony, and they've been financial and critical successes. Now you want to muddle with that um, kind of dynamic. I don't understand where Sony was coming from in that in that regard. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it's it's unfortunately <laughs> you, you can almost look back to this movie now and say that this was the beginning of well, let's make a superhero movie where we can throw as much people in as we want and. With it being done, you know, how many times it's been done since that movie came out, I, you know, I almost always look back at that movie and I go, that's where it all started, you know, where these guys were like, well, you know, we can throw five, you know, five different villains in and on top of the superhero and things like that. And, you know, it, it really started with that movie and it was not done well. I mean, the whole goblin story trying to bring that back and, I mean, they, they, I could just I could rip that movie apart so much. <laughs> why, why why are you creating your own Green Goblin who rides a surfboard? Why are I mean, it's not even almost at the end of the day. It's like it's not even that what they did. It's that they did it so wrong. You know, it's like I would have been okay with these things if you did them correctly. But you know, the ideas were there, but unfortunately, I think Raimi was over his head, had a lot of pressure from you know the outside wanting Venom, so he gave in. And then there's the whole the whole debacle of he didn't even like the character of Venom. I, I mean, you're you were just asking for trouble from the beginning with this whole thing, and well, you get the final product you got, and I think people just kind of you know it, it made the money, but certainly the backlash of, of how well the movie was actually done once that came out, I think they realized it was time to uh, probably put a, a you know put a nip in the butt on this storyline of Spider Man. And, like, if he had came out earlier saying that I just want to do classic, like, 
like Stanley uh, and like Jack Kirby uh, characters, like the ones I grew up reading, if he was like yeah. upfront with that, fans would have been like disappointed, but not the, not of like ready the pitchforks and torches ready to assault him for saying, yeah, like Venom Carnage, he's never going to be in any of my movies. Yeah. And but the reason why we bring up Spider-Man Three so heavily here is because. Despite the financial success of Spider-Man 3, it kind of killed the franchise, and for five years it lay dormant until Sony realized, oh, wait, we're going to lose the uh, rights to this movie, so we better do another Spider-Man, which leads to Amazing Spider-Man. Now, a lot of people feel that this was just simply that, that it was just to maintain the rights. Some people thought, like, all right, like, we can start anew, and that's obviously a debate that's still going on today. Now, let's jump into characters of The Amazing Spider-Man. Well, before that, actually, can you give us a brief synopsis of The Amazing Spider-Man? Uh, yeah, I mean, we've essentially got a, a reboot. I, You know, their big pitch and the, the whole big thing about this movie, you know, which ends up becoming the ironic thing about it. But the, the biggest pitch for this movie was, we're going to tell you the story that you've never heard before. You know, and I remember it coming out. And it was kind of like, all right, you know what, I'll take their word for it. They're pushing it so hard. You know, and essentially you've got the reboot story, Peter Parker, Spider-Man. Uh, you know, what they did a little differently here was where in Raimi's trilogy, you know, Mary Jane Watson was the damsel in distress. And instead they went a little bit more true to the comics with this one in going with Gwen Stacy as being the damsel in distress. And, you know, you've essentially got, you know, Dr. Kirk Connors, one of the, you know, biggest, you know, villains of the comics, you know, you know, reprising the role uh, of him and the lizard. And, uh, you know, you've essentially, that was essentially the storyline that they were going to have, you know, that they were going to go with a hero or not a hero, a villain that wasn't necessarily your, your, your hot and cold black and white villain. I mean, he had his motives, but he was a good guy, you know, Dr. Kirk Connors and Peter Parker, they had a good relationship. So, you know, essentially that was what it was looking like the storyline was going to be. We were going to have that Kirk Connors, Peter Parker interaction as well as, you know, he tries to save himself and, and get his arm back and thus he becomes the lizard. I mean, everyone knows the storyline. So once things came out about who our villain was going to be, you know, you kind of knew where that plot was going to go. But everyone was sort of on the whole, well, what's this whole thing about his parents? And you're going to hear the true story and... Um, you know, that's obviously a big part of the plot too. You know, what happened to his parents? What's that whole background? Why is he with his aunt and uncle? We never get that answer. We certainly never have gotten it at anything. So, wow, they're really going to delve into this. And well, that was what we thought the plot was going to be. It was to a degree, don't get me wrong, but you know, in a general sense, that was the plot we were promised was this is the story you, you've never been told. And, and, you know, what really happened and, and what's really going on here? Why is all this stuff in place? It's in place. And, you know, then the movie came out. So <laughs> uh, there's that. But, you know, that was essentially the plot. It's Spider-Man versus the lizard. And we're going to find out what happened to his parents, I guess. Yeah. All right. So as, of course, Peter Parker is the star of any Spider-Man story, for the most part, anyway. Let's talk about him. How are your feelings on Peter Parker in this movie and Andrew Garfield playing him? Well, you know, and I knew we were going to talk about this topic, and this is probably the top topic, if not one of my favorites, to delve into. Because, 
I feel like a lot of people have this one wrong. Um, I love Andrew Garfield. I will start with that. Mm-hmm. I absolutely, positively, 100%, if he was in you know this expanded universe, I would have clapped my hands for days. I, I love them. And a lot of people... <laughs> You know, I'm very surprised that, and I think it's just because of the success that the first couple of movies have. But I'm surprised about how many people completely disagree and think that not only was um, McGuire a better Spider-Man and everything, and you know, they really, you know, it's really like, man, you either loved Tobey Maguire or you loved Andrew Garfield. I loved Andrew Garfield. I didn't have issues with with Toby until the third one. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not even just saying that to say that it just, I, I just, you know, it's more so that the company and directing and they, they made it bad, but I, I think I will agree with people. The one thing is, a, here's what a lot of people say. Tobey Maguire was a better Peter Parker and Andrew Garfield was a better Spider-Man. Now, in a sense, I will agree with that, but to me, it's more important who's the better Spider-Man simply because this is. You know, I understand Peter Parker's big, and, and they didn't make him nerdy enough. And, oh, Andrew Garfield is this hipster, blah, 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 or whatever they want to say. But, mm-hmm. you know, I base a lot of things, you know, on the comics as well. Um, but, again, I grew up with the 90s cartoon series. And so I grew up with a sarcastic, very chatty, um, very full-of-himself-in-ways kind of Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And, I mean... What else are you getting in, in, in Andrew Garfield? You know, he's, he's he's cocky in a sense. He's chatty. He's sarcastic. He's he's funny, and that's that's Spider Man. You know that that's what he is. You know, he's very he's very funny. He's very mocking. He's very he's he's a kid. You know, he's very kid like. He's a kid at heart, and I think a lot of people sometimes forget this because we've, you know, that was the other thing they were kind of going with. You know, we're going to get his high school story and stuff like that. And no, no, not really. He was out of, you know, just like the first, you know, they did the same thing that Raimi did. You know, he was out of high school by the time we got done with the first movie. So they certainly falsified that because they made it seem like we were going to we were going to get a high school one this time. And well, we did, but for about the same time as we did in the other trilogy. Um, but he's a kid, you know, he's he. You know, and he's swinging around doing the things he's doing. He's got the powers he's got. I mean, most, you know, most would be cocky. So I thought that they nailed that perfectly. Um, I, 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 I loved him. I, I thought he was, I thought he was a great, you know, a great Spider-Man. And, you know, as, and we're obviously going to get into this, but as <laughs> okay as these two movies were, the only thing I, I I still was extremely depressed because, you know, you knew as soon as as the debacle and the downfall that happened with this whole thing, you knew he was gone. And, you know, yeah. and, and he had, you know Sony's a mess. They're still a mess. They had the hacks and everything. They got the Ghostbusters he, reboot that nobody's excited for for the most part. Yeah, I, I mean, you, you got all you, they're a mess. You know, they're corporate. All, all the people in charge. I mean, it's it's a nasty, nasty thing. Things that were being sent around about him and things like that. And you know, the kids, the kids busting his butt, doing a great job in my mind. I know I almost sound like I'm praising him, but I just I thought he, I thought, and I think most people will agree that was the brightest spot of those two movies and and that whole reboot. And in my opinion, I agree. I thought he was a great Spider-Man. 
He nailed it. He, you know, the camaraderie between him and Emma Stone as Gwen Stacy was great. You know, that was one of the other only bright spots. So they nailed the character. And it's unfortunate that they had to basically suck at everything else because you nailed the most important part, but you failed to build around it what needed to be perfect as well. And, you know, this will be one of the few things I mentioned quickly about our new one, but I'll tell you what, Marvel's had a chance to watch Sony screw it up, not screw it up, but mishandle it, it. not do it. Yes. Mishandle it and not do it right two times. Um, And they've pretty much done everything right for the most part (laughs) with all the movies they've done, which is pretty hard to do. So I'd like to think that we will finally hopefully get the right, the right telling, not necessarily even of the character. We just needed a, a damn good, you know, individual story i know he'll do fine in civil war it's just we need to we need to we need to get a good spider-man universe individually for once but andrew garfield loved him i I mean i'll say that much (laughs) and i agree with you um like you're saying it's not the amazing peter parker it's the amazing spider-man and spider-man is the most important thing of these of these movies and i agree that when he's in this when andrew garfield is in the suit that's how I always envisioned Spider-Man to be, that he'd be very sarcastic and very cocksure of himself. Even like like you said, the 90s show, like he may get in over his head over his times, but like he's still confident in what he does. Tobey Maguire may be more typical early like Spider-Man comics where he's a total dweeb and like everybody in the school would make fun of him. But like when he's in the suit sometimes, you're like, oh... He's making quips, but I don't know if he would really do that. I'm not too sure. And I, when I was rewatching uh, The Amazing Spider-Man for this podcast, I did have a gut reaction initially. Like, I'm like, this guy was cooler than me in high school. I thought that was supposed to be the <laughs> different from uh, yeah. Peter Peter Parker in high school. I thought everybody would be much cooler than him. But obviously, they were updating it for a new audience. Like, it's a new generation Spider-Man or what have you. And I agree that Andrew Garfield played it beautifully. And I think outside the costume, my favorite moment in the first movie is when he has the fight with Uncle Ben, when -hmm. Uncle Ben brings up responsibility and he's like, and like, your father preached responsibility. All right. If he did, then where is he? And he's like, what do you mean? Like if he was so responsible and was not his responsibility and Uncle Ben says, how, how dare you? And Garfield snaps back saying, how dare I, how dare you? And like, and stand there and preach to me, and I'm like, all right, just that one moment right there is probably better than any acting that Tobey Maguire did in most of those movies. Not taking anything away from him, but it's just, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's the writing or if it's the direction of it. That had to, I'll, I'll remember that moment for the rest of my life when it comes to Spider-Man. And like you were saying before, with the Gwen Stacy and Andrew and uh, Peter's relationship in this movie. The, when I was talking, I was texting Justin. And he's and I'm like, he asked me like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "I'm watching Amazing Spider-Man for a uh, podcast." And he's like, "Oh, I've never seen it." He's like, Do you, "There's one reason why you should see it." And he's like, "Why?" I'm like, "Because it's a comic book franchise that does a, a relationship right for the most part." He's like, "What?" And I'm like, "Yeah." Can you name a really good solid uh, relationship between in any comic book medium uh, right now? You can't do Flash. They had problems with Arrow. That it's atrocious. Batman. They've had problems with. Mm-hmm. 
And I'm like, those two are the saving grace of this. Now, do you think they tried too hard to make him, like like you said, you used the word hipster before. Do you think they tried too hard to make him a modern Spider-Man? A, mo- a modern Peter Parker, I should say. Well, as far, I mean, here's the difficult thing about making Peter Parker. I mean, he's supposed to be a nerd. He's supposed to be an outcast and all these things. And, I mean, it, it it's terrible to say this, but you'd almost have to, again, and there's really no other way of putting this, but you'd, all, you'd almost have to cast somebody who's ugly. You know, somebody <laughs> who, I mean, it, it, it's just the way it is. Like, you, you'd literally almost have to cast somebody ugly because... Yeah, I mean, let's face it. Somebody looking like Andrew Garfield ain't gonna be no outcast in, high, in any high school I know. Yeah, he does not. He, he ain't strange. He's not. I mean, it's it's difficult. You'd have to cast somebody that's extremely unattractive, and you're not gonna do that. You're making Peter Parker. You make, so it's it's almost like it's almost like an an, an oxymoron sort of thing because it's like. Yeah, he's a nerd, but in the comics, it's easy to just be like, oh, this kid's a nerd, he's an outcast, blah, 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 blah. And I mean, I guess it's more you just make him weird as far, mm-hmm. you know, as far as personality goes. I guess, no, you don't need to get somebody ugly, but it's like, well, it just cast him and make him weird. They got to be weird. And it's like, yeah, but that's not, he's not like that. I mean, that that's why it's so weird. It's tough to do because, yes, he's supposed to be a nerd and an outcast, but it's like, You'd almost have to. Uh, no, okay, never mind. You wouldn't have to make him ugly, but you'd almost have to make him this like just really bizarre, strange, almost antisocial, awkward kind of person. And it's like he's not going to be relatable if you do that. I mean, no. he's not. You're not going to be able to make a character that just. I mean, you could, but it's it, it. It almost won't be as believable if it's like, oh, so he puts on the suit and now he's normal. You know, he can. He can all of a sudden be a social, uh, uh, you know, a social butterfly, blah, blah, blah. I mean, hey, if I got superpowers, I guess maybe that would do it. I don't, it it's a much tougher road to go down if you really, really pound the nerdy thing. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think a lot of people say, well, Tobey Maguire was, was a better Peter Parker. Yeah, I mean, he definitely had the more nerdy look, and he definitely had the more nerdy persona. And if you put the two next together, you could definitely see, okay, yeah, that to- Tobey Maguire's would get picked on. And I agree, but you know, at the end of the day, I think it's just you could you. I saw where they were going with it. Mm-hmm. You know, you you could still kind of maybe get that outcast vibe simply just because he's clearly not really an athlete. He's not, you know, and you can play that angle, but you've got to do it. You've got to kind of get to it quickly, and you've got to really emphasize it. And I don't really know if they did that enough. Um, you know, even. He, you know, once he got the powers and stuff like that, he just wasn't timid at all and things like that. I mean, he went right after, you know, the Flash-esque characters and things like that. I mean, there was no... And, and I think that's something where you need to kind of maybe... There needs to be at least some hesitancy at first simply because you don't just, you know, at the snap of your fingers become that way and aggressive. But I... I don't know. It, it's t- I, I loved him so much as Spider-Man that I almost didn't really... I shouldn't say I didn't really care, but I, I almost wasn't so focused on the Peter Park Parker S type thing. I think because they also did a good job with him and Gwen, and it mm. just kind of it almost became a moot point at that. It was almost like, well, 
you know, I mean, we just want to see something different. I, I don't. It's almost like you kind of ignored it in the first movie because you were getting a whole fresh new thing. And you know, at this point, it was like we're already getting the same thing told twice. You know, we just, you know, it, we're already get, so you almost forgave the whole Peter Parker thing because you just wanted to get to the good stuff because it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've already gone through this. We've already <laughs> been through this. We've already. We've already done all this, you know, as much as they tried to push this as, oh, here's a story you never heard before. I mean, they really did the same thing. I mean, the whole parents thing, obviously, they get more and more into that in the second movie and whatnot. And I mean, they got into it in the first, but for the most part, we we got the same story. So it was kind of like you're just sitting there like, eh, you know, OK, we get it. We get it. He's a nerd or whatever. And you're, you're almost not paying that much attention to it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they could have done a better job with it. And I... You know, again, it'll be interesting to see how Marvel tackles that. But, um, you know, they did what they could. I mean, yeah, they... Sure, he was more modern. You know, I don't even really know what to say about that. I mean, a more yeah, modern... Like, you know, I, I mean, hey, it's been X amount of years. I mean, you're going to just adapt to the little things that have changed in society and how you think high schools are and kids are in high schools now. But, uh, you know... I you can only spend so much time on that stuff and focusing on the nerdy aspect of him. And it's like, people want to see that and it's important obviously, but nobody wants to see you spend X amount of time on it in this movie. They want to get to the goods. Again, we've been down this road before. It's kind of almost like at this point, let's get to it. You know, let's, let's see how they develop a villain we've never seen before. Who's a really big villain. Um, and you know, they did what they could. I'm not going to really bash them for for not making it a perfect Peter Parker, but right. Um, even though it is big, but you know the fact that he was so good as Spider Man almost outweighs. It's forgivable. It. Yeah, you you kind you kind of okay. Well, you know, at least Spider Man's badass and kick ass, and they nailed that. Yeah, you know? and again, it's did they even do it, or was it all Andrew Garfield just being? a good actor and, and knowing what he was doing. Cause I don't, at this point, I don't really like to give Sony or their direction or the production or anything, any credit, but I guess I shouldn't be too spiteful, but right. You know, they did what they did, you know, they did what they could and, you know, they made the best Peter Parker. I think that they could and whatever modern or whatever they were looking for or whatever you want to call it. You know, it was what it was. It certainly wasn't terrible. It's, it's no. not, it's not what made this, this whole thing crash and burn. So, no, I mean, like I you, think that's the thing to be said. Right. Like, like the one scene that people kind of point to is like when he's like skateboarding and testing out his new powers and stuff like that. And like, it looks like a music video. I mean, like, why is he skateboarding? I'm like, well, yeah. people skateboard. I mean, that would be kind of an out for him, just like one to just get out and get out of his own head and just do something kind of uh, monotonous like that. And it's interesting to see how, like, you, you think of, like, the montage of, like, Peter finding his powers in the first one does very mirror kind of, like, what it does here, but obviously very different. And Andrew Garfield looks like he's having a lot of fun while doing it. But as we move on from Peter, let's talk to his eventual girlfriend, Gwen Stacy, played by Emma Stone. Now, your feelings on her and and her in this movie. Uh, well, I mean, I was happy right away simply because, I'll tell you what, I, I certainly, everything pre-movie and pre-production and 
all that stuff. I mean, I was, you talk about someone who was on board. Um, it was me. I mean, they were going with the comics more faithfully in a lot of ways. And, you know, this was a big one. You know, they weren't, you know, a lot of people, obviously, who don't know the comics don't realize that Gwen Stacy is the big, you know, the, the, the big, the big one. Yeah. And that Mary Jane kind of, you know, she gets herself into the story, uh, which is what they were clearly going to go with in, in this if they kept it going. And a lot of people obviously don't, you know, if you don't know the comics well or things like that, you don't realize it. I mean, it, it's funny because even in the cartoon series, um, you know, they kind of went more with the Mary Jane angle in a sense. But, you know, Gwen Stacy was, she was, she was the one and that was the big storyline and that was the big girl. And I was very happy. I mean, Emma Stone, I mean, you really can't go wrong. And she nailed it. You know, she was a great, you know, she was a great Gwen Stacy and again, the camaraderie between her and Andrew Garfield on screen, you you could see it. I mean, they nailed it. They did an extremely good job. And, um, you know, it makes a certain event that happens in the second one actually pretty powerful. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, to me, it was actually one of the more powerful superhero movie deaths I've actually witnessed. And, I mean, I was, it was rough. And, you know, part of that was because of, of the good job that she did developing that character in building that relationship that they had. And, you know, it was a very good Peter Parker, Gwen Stacy relationship. And, and, you know, Emma Stone, I thought she did a great job. I thought it was a much more, I just thought it was much more well done. I thought the story was better as far as that goes versus the Mary Jane, Kirsten Dunst and Tobey Maguire, Peter Parker love thing that went on through those three movies. I they didn't have too many issues. I don't know. I just, I thought I, you kind of can get it. You, you, I, I thought it was much more easy to get annoyed with Kirsten Dunst, Mary Jane, than it was to get annoyed with Emma Stone's Gwen Stacy. So I thought that that was done very well. I mean, they, again, it's funny. I mean, there's a lot of things that are big, big things in the Spider-Man universe that they got right, that they, they did it right, you know, and these are big things, but you know, then we get to the other things that are also big things, and unfortunately, they were big enough things that collided with these big things that were done well. And well, yeah, then you just, it just, it's it's funny, but you know, one bad thing unfortunately can spiral everything out of control. No matter how many good things you have, you wish the good things could work that way, but they don't. But yeah. uh, you know, as far as Gwen Stacy and Emma Stone and that whole storyline and everything i thought they did a very good job you know and obviously her father being a big quintessential part of this first movie was was big to the storyline as well and built a lot of drama and you know connectivity there as well between those characters and him actually meeting the family and getting to know the father and that whole secret relationship that ends up developing between his father hunting him and then how it turns out in the end how they kind of see each other as allies and he sees that spider you know the classic oh you know this guy actually is good and is doing good and Mm -hmm. um i thought that was very well done and you know she was good and they were good together i thought as a couple so you know again that was another thing they did right i'll say that they did gwen stacy and they did the whole love triangle and it's like you said it's one of the better superhero movies that actually has a love story that you can tolerate that that that's watchable i mean at the end of the day that it's watchable you're not sitting there like oh god 
you know, here comes the love story party. It wasn't like that with this. You you enjoyed it because of how well they did together on screen. I mean, it's not like whenever, like, one of the running jokes with, like, the Dark Knight trilogy, be like, what is Batman doing now? Saving Rachel, that's what I gotta do. It's not that. <laughs> it's, it's, not, <laughs> it's not becoming point of parody or anything like that. And I agree, the... The fact that actually Emma Stone and Andrew Garvey became a, a relationship because of this movie, yeah. I think, just adds adds to the fact that how much how great their chemistry was on camera that it worked off camera too. Yeah. And we when I was rewatching it, and they have that moment when he like they kind of ask each other out, but they don't really say anything. They kind of just stumble over each other's words. And I I, I remember when I saw it in theaters, like everybody and like i kind of looked around everybody had a huge smile on their face with that because it is a lovely moment and those moments continue between these two movies and they're infectious you want to have those moments continue unlike you see kristen dunst on screen like especially spider-man 2 and definitely spider-man 3 you're like oh god peter don't save her just let her drop. Yeah. Just don't. Yeah, like... by the time you got to three, it was like, oh, Jesus. And then they throw <laughs> I mean, again, it was just, oh, God. It was like, yeah, save us and don't save her. Uh, <laughs> and I like the fact that Gwen Stacy's actually smarter than, and then Peter and kind of helps him out and not just simply the damsel in the stretch, that she can take yeah. care of herself, that she's a cop's daughter, that she would be very self-sufficient. Mm-hmm. No, it's, yeah, that's like that's another point. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they make her smart. You know, there's that whole dynamic of she's as smart as him, if not smarter. And you know, we hadn't obviously seen that in in the prior trilogy. And yeah, it was that was a nice little nice little oomph that they added to this whole you know relationship and dynamic and storyline of these characters, definitely. And like, well, like a moment where he sneaks into Oscorp pretending to be part of the like exchange oh, student yeah. and like she kind of like realizes like you're not supposed to be here but lets him play along and then finally calls him out on when she get, when she pulls him to the side yeah I, I find hilarious um and i think like if you were gonna rank female love interest in any comic book like adaptation here you can have she'd probably be near the top of the list along with like margot kidder from the original superman or I don't know, Katie Holmes from Batman Begins or what have you. And that's a true testament to that because there's so many, like, I, I, I'll reiterate, like, how many times you see, like, like Pepper Potts in the, the Marvel movies and the Iron Man movies. I'm just like, just that may just be, I don't like Gwyneth Paltrow as a person, so I'm just like, fuck it, Tony, let her die. I don't care. Like, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. That one started off well, and then I think it's it's gotten to the point where it's like, well... Okay, all right. I, I guess it's cool. Uh, you know, it, yeah, it's, it's tough. I mean, there's certain, yeah, there's certain, <laughs> there are not a lot. That's and unfortunately, they've got to get thrown into all these movies. Well, they don't have to, but they do because yeah, you know, big corpse uh, say so. But like, like the joke I made was like how they could have improved Iron Man three is like if they just pulled the end of seven and it's Gwyneth Paltrow's head back in a box. Like that's how Tony gets it. Just like. Goes to his door in his Malibu port, uh, house, opens the door, boxes there, Gwyneth Paltrow's head in it. Like, that's how you start the movie. Like, that would be a way to kick off uh, vengeance between him and Mandarin, but I digress. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of things they could have done right with that movie. <laughs> uh, but I, I, 
I like Iron Man 3 more than Iron Man 2, and I, I dig Iron Man 3. I know, it's a part of contention. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's, see, I'm... I'm... I've gotten to I've gotten to a point where I'm kind of like, all right, we need to stop with the individual movies because there's only so much you can do. And then you know, Captain America two comes out, and you're like, ah, eh, maybe not. Maybe they can still make good ones. And you're just like, ah, yeah. I'm I'm in I'm torn at this point where it's like, oh, enough with the individual movies. Like I'm sick of sitting there going, really, really, the rest of them aren't gonna come and ha- I mean, come on, what are they all doing? Like. What do you? Why aren't they showing up for this? You got hell, you know. You got hell carriers falling from the sky, and you're telling me none of them are. They're all just sitting there, like, well, we'll let Cap take care of it. But, <laughs> but then of course I'm like, oh my god, Spider-Man: Homecoming, gimme, gimme, get so I'm like, ah, I'm totally <laughs> at this point with the individual movies. But yeah, eh, at the end of the day, you know, because yeah, again, then you get love, and you know, we get the whole love interest things and. Yeah, like we said, testament to this movie because they do not do them well most of the time. So the fact um, that they got that right, of all things, you know, blows me away. But, you know, you get good actors who know what they're doing. You're, you know, it's it's almost no pressure on you because they're just that good. So Yeah, I mean, like, my favorite joke in Ant-Man is like, you know what we should do? What? We should call the Avengers. We can't call the Avengers. And, they, and Ant-Man has to solve his problem himself. Anyway, um, let's move on to the villain of the piece, Dr. Kurt Connors, um, uh, played by uh, Reese uh, Eans. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Your feelings on his role in this movie? Well, again, everything pre-movie, you know, they they had you if you're a Spider-Man fan, you know. Okay, we're going to get Gwen Stacy, correct. Okay, we're gonna get a new Spider-Man. At this point, it was like, oh thank God, correct. <laughs> and then, you know, now it was like, okay, we're gonna get a villain we haven't seen before. Obviously, that's what we want, and it's gonna be the Lizard. Sweet, you know, probably, definitely, probably a top ten Spider-Man villain, if not even higher than that. Yeah, but, you know, he's a big one, and it's simply because of the dynamic. You know, it's, it's another Doc Ock. It's there's a relationship outside of essentially the villain character. There's the Peter Parker relationship with the Doctor. You know, it's, it, it was basically going to, you know, I guess be their take on Doc Ock because it's the same character. You've got a Doctor; they get to know each other. You know, the inevitable happens, and now you've got this conflict because you care for this person and you know what they really are deep down. And it's the whole trying to create a villain who you question. You know, are they really a bad guy? And, and you almost give heart to the villain, and it, it makes it more dynamic and blah blah blah. And again, it's great if you do it the right way. Well, they didn't really do it the right way. And, you know, I think as Kirk Connors, they, they had the foundation there, but then it just became this, this muffled mess of we're going to just rush it. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, I didn't see it after I first saw it. But whenever, if I, if I, when I watch it now, I realize, my God, did they rush it. I mean, it just becomes your, your classic they rushed it, you know, they just rushed it. They just, okay, here's Kirk Connors, we're going to, oh, okay, all right, here we go, Lizard. And, oh, we're, now we're at the final battle, and oh, here's his Grandmaster plan, and he doesn't really have any motive, and he's trying to create Lizard people, and all ah, right, that's not really what we're looking for here. I mean, it's kind of a story, but kind of a storyline, kind of a route they went and things like that, but it was just, 
it's such a muffled rushed mess at the end of the day that it just you just it became a mess i mean i i was all for the idea i was like cool you know we're gonna see the lizard and, and everything and at the end of the day but like back and i'm like ah, i didn't really like how he looks and then I, I, I just i'm so picky because this is my it's spider-man it's it's my favorite i want everything to be perfect and unfortunately that's way too high of a demand because not everything's gonna be perfect not everything's gonna even be close to perfect even in a great movie Right. And I just, every time I watch it, I just find myself picking more and more apart. And that's certainly probably the biggest thing is the villain. Because, again, I even go back and I watch Raimi's first film. And I'm like, oh, man, wow, this, <laughs> I don't remember this being this <laughs> cheesy and not that great. And, man, I remember when I thought this Green Goblin was cool. And I'm like, that's ah, really not as amazing. As, like, <laughs> as kid as, I remember as a kid, I was like, that was awesome. And, now I watch it, I'm like, oh, God. I'm like, oh, it's kind of hard to watch at points. And I'm like, oh, I don't really know how I feel about this anymore. And then I get to the second one, and I'm like, nah, this one's still good. They got that right, Doc Ock. Nah, this one's still perfect. And then, you know, you get to Amazing Spider-Man, and it's like, meh. Because the villain is such, you know, again, the cartoon I grew up watching, it was like, you got all of them. And, of course, you got so much dedication and time to them, so it was like they were all awesome. And this time it's like everything's rushed and we get the lizard, but they just, I don't know. It, it, it wasn't, there wasn't, there wasn't the same heart and dynamic there between the two that there was between the Peter Parker. Again, they, they unfortunately, this was the one, this was one of the relationships they got wrong. They just, they there wasn't the camaraderie there. And, I mean, this guy, you know, uh, Ethan's whatever his name is. I mean, he's he's got a track record off the camera. So I mean, they, it was it was a sketchy hire. I remember when they they announced that he was going to be playing it, but I thought he did a good job as Kirk Connors. It's just the on-screen camaraderie between those characters was not. It just that wasn't there really. So it didn't. It it hurt the villain. It, it hurt that whole storyline, and they rushed it. It was just oh, now all of a sudden he's of you know it's just. I understand these things do happen split second at times, but they don't. They don't, you know, they don't, it just doesn't work that way. You know, you look at a movie like The Dark Knight and you watch the progression of, of Harvey Dent, that's that's how you make a villain. That's how a villain becomes who they become. There's a right. progress, it takes a whole movie, you don't just do it at a snap of a finger and ta-da he's the lizard ta-da he's evil and wants to kill everybody now and turn people into lizards well we get it but there's got to be more to it and i understand you've only got one movie to do this i understand you've but i don't really have sympathy simply because you know what if 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 no one can do it right you can do it right i mean if all you know many times it's been done right and at this point we've got all the marvel movies that have come out so it's like, hey, they've done it right for a, a bunch of movies. You can figure it out. You know, I, I'm not going to give them sympathy on, well, they, you know, but they've got a movie, Joe, to do it. And, you know, I mean, they didn't kill him off. So, you know, at least it, they, so they could have certainly spent a lot more time developing it. If you're not going to just kill him off in the movie, you can spend the movie developing it. You don't need to rush it. But, uh, like, if you knew where he was going, you could have built, built it up and made it more organic and not like, oh, I'm a monster. I should make everybody a monster just like me. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I just, 
I remember people telling me like, you know, uh, you know how rushed it was. You know, you hit one point in the movie, and all of a sudden it's like, bam! Now it's just like the movie just really picks up, but not in a good way. And I remember watching it for like the first time after seeing it in theaters, and I was like, oh god, they're right. I mean, it, it, all of a sudden he's at the high school now, tearing a high school apart. He knows who he is now. All the, you know, everything just happens in a span of like ten minutes, and I'm like. Wait, 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 I'm like, just a minute ago, nobody knew nothing, he wasn't nothing, he didn't want to, I mean, it's just like, now all of a sudden, the gates have just flooded open, and that was the problem, it just became like, boom, alright, here we go, and I, you know, for such a big villain and such a big storyline, you really had to put a lot of heart, you know, and of course, that's, you know, again, that's the pressure, you know, they're not going to make a movie that doesn't have action and let's get to the villain and fighting and punching and boom, bam, and all this. And it's like, screw spending time on character development for the villain. People want to see the lizard. And it's like, well, you're right, but I'd rather see a less action movie that has a great story. Um, yeah. You know, and they don't get that. I mean, you're, you're not, you're not, you're, you're going to get that in something like the dark Knight, maybe simply because you had the right guy doing it. And he had already made the great movie he had made before that. With these movies, obviously, you know, Marvel's more la-di-da and out there and, you know, we want, you know, crazy stuff. And now that they've gotten past the having to make realistic movies, setting up this whole thing of fantasy now, mm-hmm. this is what it becomes, basically. You know, now, of course, Spider-Man, it's like, well, and and of course... You know, it was them being idiots. They basically were competing with Marvel as well. So they just, you know, it just unfortunately became a classic example of they were in over their heads. You know, they thought they could compete with Marvel. And, you know, I, boy, there's a joke, if ever. (laughs) And, you know, that was the problem. They thought they could compete and they thought they could make their own universe with this one character. And uh, they had the right, unfortunately, at least with the first movie, they had the right idea. They just didn't execute as they needed to execute flawlessly, and they didn't. And that's really what that was the biggest problem with the first movie. It was there, but the the, the core the core foundations and the and the major pieces were there, and a lot of them were done right. But the villain story arc and the overall plot progression of the movie was not in any way whatsoever. And I, I agree with you. I mean, like, like I love like the first few scenes they have together, like saying like, "Oh, I was a friend of your father's and stuff like that." We used to work together, very much like like what well, you could have had like with Obi Wan Kenobi. Like, yes, I was a Jedi once with your father, <laughs> and there's several deleted scenes or like with Kirk Connors outside, like with like dealing with Peter at Peter's home, and then um, after he's come back to being human from being a lizard the first night and he talks to his son important moments that would have made his transition to where he is a little bit easier and not just like oh i'm a monster i'll show them now that i have power we'll all be equal i will i will rebuild the world in my image and i'm going to use this device that we decommissioned years ago yet we still keep hook up here in the lab <laughs> I mean, I, I rewatching it now. There's like the the Benali device. I'm like, okay, like I understand. Like it would have been more organic if like he Peter stumbled across those notes amongst his father's stuff in his like secret compartment of his briefcase that has several compartments, as we learned by the second movie. And 
then like yeah we met i saw that and then like kurt remembers it goes to a warehouse drags it out of mothballs and decides like all right i'm gonna use this as for my master plan not like yep we can't use it we just like to keep it up for decoration because space allotment is not an important thing here at, at oscorp but let's move on and then like the fact that even like weird thing, like I know it's a very trivial thing, but I don't like the design of the lizard. I always, whenever I think of the lizard of Spider-Man, I always think of a long snout, not this kind of like human human face. Something that yeah. really irked me with his design in the movie. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like I said, it, it, the whole look. I mean, it, it, the problem with that is I would have been okay with it, but it was too CGI, so it didn't work. You know, mm-hmm. you, you make it a little bit more aesthetic and a little bit more. Um, you know, actual real material and stuff like that, and you make it more of a, a, a real material type costume, I think it could have worked. You know, you make it more realistic looking. I, I can go for that. You know, I can work with that, you know, that he's more of a, it, it gives him more of a monster look. Granted, I mean, you give him a long snout and you literally make him a lizard, he's going to look like a monster anyway. But right. yeah, if you're going with the CGI effect, I just don't understand why they didn't just go with, you know, the right look. You know, if they were going to just CGI it, which they did, they'd, it just didn't work for me, you know. And again, that it, it, when you're when this is your biggest thing and your favorite, it's little things like that that drive you nuts. Where it's like, nah, he didn't even look right either. I'm pissed, and I was. It's just, you expect something, and you, you, we all expect something. We all want something, and when you screw with it, it's like, why? Just will you just give us what we want? Like, why <laughs> do you have to? Oh, you know. And that gets into why you know. Why in the hell have we had five Spider-Man movies and you and we have not gotten Venom? I mean, come on. Mm-hmm. It's like basically giving us all the Batman movies we've gotten and not giving us Joker. You yeah. know, it, to me, I I just I will never get it. And I so help me God if we don't get it in this new reboot again, you know, which I don't think we're going to get it in Homecoming. But if we don't get this, I like I I'm literally going to I'm going to die. Not ever <laughs> done right in live action, which will kill me because um, that's one of my, you know, it's, it's probably my favorite. I mean, my favorite comic book villain of all time is Carnage. But Venom is right there simply because they're two bees in a pod, essentially. Yeah. Uh, and, it, you know, you, who doesn't want to see their favorite? I mean, I, I'm I'm a villain guy. I mean, you, you, don't, you don't have your hero and who they are without the villains. And, of course. You know, I, those are my favorite. You know, Carms and Venom are, are probably my two favorites. And, you know, it's disappointing when they're, you know, they're as big as they are. And we should have seen them on screen by now. And it's like, oh, screw you, Raimi. You wouldn't like Spider-Man's biggest foe. You freaking... I have a lot of hatred towards him for that opinion of his, and mm-hmm. you know, if he just wouldn't have screwed up the third one so much, I wouldn't have cared about that. But uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, they went a different route with this reboot. Sony did, and well, yeah, then we got the second movie, and that was the disaster it was. But you know, at least in the first movie, they stuck to the whole one villain story, and they picked a good one to do that with. But they just, you know, again, it's it's like we said, the look. The, the, just the character overall. Unfortunately, the plot line was the biggest thing. It just it becomes this plot line of okay, we've spent the first quarter of this movie doing what we need to do, and then it just all of a sudden it was like, and eh, now we're gonna make this a horrible rushed movie for the rest of the movie, where it's like, wait, 
wait a minute, they're all of a sudden, now they're fighting in the high school. How did they just, literally last night, neither of them existed, and now you've got Spider-Man and the Lizard fighting in high school, in the high school. I mean, it just, it happened way too fast, way too quickly, and we never got the true Lizard, Spider-Man, Peter Parker, Dr. Kirk Connor story that we should have gotten. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but of course, you know, they weren't going to get the axe after this. I mean, they... Boy, they fought this as long as they could, and thank God that Marvel finally just stuck a knife through them because I was fearful that this was going to continue. And after the second movie, it was like, oh, God, don't let it. Marvel, will you just put your money where your mouth is and just take care of this and get him? And, I mean, you know, it's funny. They still don't even have him fully, you know, technically, but at least we've got him where he should be, and that's with everyone else. And Everyone seems to be raving about the new one, so we'll see. But, you know, this movie just, again, it's unfortunate. The pieces were there, but I guess in the long run, it's a good thing they screwed up. Because if they made a great movie, well, then again, if they made a great movie, we wouldn't. Now, never mind. I want him with the Avengers. I still would be like, (laughs) eh. I'd be like, damn it, this movie's really good. But now this means we won't get him with the Avengers. And we need him in there. (laughs) Like, we need him. It just, you, you can't, you can't, I mean, it's, again, it's like how this went on for as long as it did, I, I will never understand. I understand it's not easy. You know, I act like I'm a Marvel CEO and I know how it works and that, it, you know, at the snap of your fingers you get Spider-Man, but it, it couldn't have, I, it still amazes me how long the process took, but, so, I mean, I shouldn't say Sony, but, you know, the You're idea part of it. Here, yeah, the the idea was there for this this reboot with Andrew Garfield, but unfortunately, they just it was the same thing as Raimi. I mean, it's fine. again you you really would think Marvel will learn because it was literally the same exact. I mean, there are no differences. They they gotten over their heads and they you know they they sank you know because they decided to do what Raimi did, and they didn't even make a good really a, that great of a you know I wouldn't even say it was really that good you know, the first one with Garfield and they pretty much put all their chips on the table for number two. And, you know, again, it looked very promising. I mean, I would, you would, you'd be amazed how excited I was for that movie. And then, you know, it was what it was. And I was like, Oh Jesus. I was like, well, (laughs) this has got to be the end. Cause this is, this is right up there. Not, and not, I still wouldn't say it's as bad as, as, as Spider-Man three that Raimi did, but boy, it's, it's, it could have been close. It, it, luckily, they just had the good Spider-Man and the good, you know, there were a lot of, you know, there were things in that movie that I probably, that I actually really liked that a lot of people probably didn't. But, and boy, it's, man, it was, it would, you could already see where the path that it was taken. And it was like, you guys really are going to go in the same direction that you didn't learn anything. And they did. No. And we're I mean, where we are now. <laughs> it's funny because, like, you mentioned before, like, having Nolan do his Batman movies and how they were constructed. The first Amazing Spider-Man definitely seems like it came out in a post-Dark Knight world. And mm-hmm. then Amazing Spider-Man 2 is a post-Avengers world because there's there's a completely different tone between the two movies. Mm-hmm. And obviously, everybody is trying to aid the Avengers um, uh, formula nowadays. Like, like. We have the Hasbro universe coming out. We're having the reboot of like the Universal Monster universe. Granted, if you know your history, Universal Monsters are the first one to do a, a shared universe with having Frankenstein and the Wolfman meet back in the 40s. Anyway, so 
it makes sense why they want to do that. I understand where they went through with Amazing Spider-Man 2. It just seems none of, like, the same... It, the decisions of, like, having Kirk Connors the way he is in this movie, it doesn't seem like Sony was rather genuine with it. It definitely seemed like almost... Somebody said, uh, I think uh, Oliver Harper, guy who I did an interview with, he, like, spreadsheet filmmaking. It definitely seemed like Sony's like, all right, we need this, 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 this. And within this time limit, can you do that? Mark Webb is probably like, yes, I can do that because there's a career opportunity. Why would you take that? Why would you say no to that? Yeah, exactly. And then, of course, then we move on to Captain Stacy, like you said before, a, an important character in this movie. What do you think of Dennis Leary's performance as Captain Stacy in this? By the end of the movie, I was, uh, you know, he, and again, he's another one where you, I mean, you can't really go wrong. He's not going to give you an abysmal performance. I think he's too good of an actor to do that. So I think they did a good job in casting him as well. You know, that was another, I would, I wouldn't say that was, that was really a weak point either. I thought he did a great job. I thought he, he did good, you know, on screen as the father in those scenes, you know, when they were all at Gwen Stacy's apartments at times for the dinner and whatnot. And I thought he did very good with that. And I thought he did very good as, as 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 a captain as well. I thought that they did a very good job with that. I thought that that, that death, it, it wasn't as powerful to me as the one in the second, but it was still, I thought it was pretty good. And, and you at least had some feels for the character there and whatnot. And you at least, you know, you having taken cinema classes, you know this, one of the biggest things that, you know, they, they, they stress to us, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta give an SHIT about the character, especially if somebody's going to die and it's, it's essentially supposed to be a good person. You gotta give a crap at the end if they die, you know, you, yeah. you know, you've done your job. If at the end you give a crap and you're like, Oh man, that really sucks that they die. You know, you're like, Oh no. Mm-hmm. So I thought that they did enough of a job to at least be like, Oh damn it. Really? They, you know, that's, you know, you, you, you at least feel something, you know, at the end when he gets, he gets killed there and you don't want him to die and everything like that. And the whole thing where he, you know, promised me you won't go near and things like, I thought that was pretty interesting and a pretty, pretty ballsy way to have him go out and, and, and develop that kind of, of, of a dying wish sort of storyline between him and Peter and all of that. I thought that was done pretty well. And, you know, again, that I wouldn't say that, you know, that was another thing done pretty well. Um, but again, unfortunately, <laughs> You know, one bad thing sinks the whole ship. And, you know, that was the lizard. And, I mean, that's a big thing to, to screw up and not not get right. And that will sink the whole ship. And that did. You know, unfortunately, you had a good Captain Stacy in Dennis Leary. You had a good Gwen Stacy in uh, Emma Stone. And you had a good Spider-Man in Andrew Garfield. But you just, did the, you just didn't deliver with the villain and... I feel like it's just such an underrated thing. And it's even, I mean, it's even becoming a toxic thing with the whole Marvel thing. I mean, you know, that's becoming their big woe. I mean, really, the only villain you can look at now, in my opinion, and a lot, you know, I read something today when I was, what was that? I think I was reading an article on, like, the 14 worst Marvel villains that they've made in Marvel movies. And, you know, I mean, really, when you look at it as a whole now, it's, I mean, you know they're going with the one and done formula, and I mean they've got a plan, and no one's gonna no one's gonna say that what they're doing is wrong because they've certainly not for the most part screwed this up. But you know they've gone with the one and done formula except for Loki, and you know really in my opinion that's only because he had such the feedback and and the success that people you know just 
gloated about that character after the first Thor, and I would, you know, it's easy to see why. I mean, Hiddleston nailed it, and he's been a great character, and he's still going to be big, and there's a reason for that, and he's really the only one that hasn't been one and done, and, you know, you can't even say that they went with that in The Amazing Spider-Man, like I said, they didn't kill him off. So I mean, no. he was he was still going to potentially be someone to be around if if anything at least somebody to 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 be advice for Peter or someone he could go to, but you know it was essentially still a one and done story you know especially when you end up seeing what they did in the second movie and where they were going with it, um, but that you know that's the it, it's a tough I, I will give them that it's a tough formula you know it's tough to do the whole one and done thing you know because you you. You know, you're you're building something, and and you 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 unfortunately you're trying to get to the big show, and you know these little these little guy, even though they're all big, it, it's tough. I mean, it's tough once you get to this point, and that was the problem. They just they 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 wanted to want and done it, and they didn't they didn't do it right, and, and it's tough to do. You know, I mean, I you know Avengers was able to get away with it because they had Loki stills and everyone loves Loki and blah, blah, blah. They butchered Ultron, you know, <laughs> you know, and, and talk about not a good one to butcher, but they no. butchered him. Um, I, you know, not even necessarily butchered him, but it was almost, you, you could almost say that that had the same quality as the lizard did in amazing Spider-Man simply because it just kind of happens, you know. One minute we we've got the story, and then all of a sudden it was like, bam! Here's Ultron, and then it was like, bam! You know, now all of a sudden he knows the twins, and blah blah. blah and oh, God, talk about another movie I could rip. I could rip and do a lot of these movies, but it, it's you know you you can't look at this movie in Amazing Spider-Man and go, oh my God, yeah, she, they're the only ones to do it. No, no. Look back at Marvel; you'd be surprised how many of the I mean. You know, again, Captain America 2 did an extremely good job, but essentially in that story you had a villain, but you you didn't. Because talk about that's how you do a villain who's not really a villain and creating controversy and, oh, my God, it's Bucky. You know, talk about doing a villain but a not villain the right way. And that yeah. movie, I mean, that's, you know, for me, that's top five superhero movies easily. And, I mean, you know, again, it's just storytelling and that movie had plenty of action but the story i mean people just don't seem to get that storytelling is is gonna actually win these movies out not senseless storytelling and and completeless you know complete lifeless just pointless action you know they don't get that right hey you look at a lot of the marvel movies i mean you'd be i mean thor 2 was crap in my mind yeah iron man 2 was eh I'm just not a big fan of Iron Man 3. I just thought it was just, there just, there wasn't, it was just, I mean, you, you screwed with the manner in the way that you did, but not even that for me almost. It was almost like you just, you know, at the end of the day, they introduced such an, such, you know, talk about an important Iron Man storyline in Extremis, and have we heard of it since that movie? No. So now no. You, you introduced Extremis for no reason, apparently, which I still don't understand. So that movie just served no purpose for me at the end of the day, if that was what was supposed to be the purpose. You know, Avengers was great. You know, Thor 2 stunk, I thought. Um, a lot of people don't like the first Thor, but I liked it a lot. It was actually yeah. one, of favorite, one of my favorite of the introduction movies. You know, Captain, both Captain Americas I thought were very well done. Iron Man 1 was obviously great, kick-started this whole thing. 
Um, but, you know, they, they've made their fair share of, well, let's be honest, we're not that great. I actually enjoyed Ant-Man, though, but Guardians I love. So oh, they've yeah. definitely made more better than not. But, again, you look at all these movies, I mean, they, they've all really, except for the whole, you know, but even Thor 2 was, but they've all been one and done. So And a lot of them were bad. You know, I mean, I love Guardians, but, you know, Ronan was one and done, and it was kind of like, yeah, really? Really? No. But I nope. get it. I get kind of. I don't know. But it almost seems one, Yeah. It seems like it's like almost like a dictation from Marvel. Like we must have a one and done villain in every movie with the exception yeah. of Loki. And it's like we've spent ten years building up Thanos and it's it, it, the problem is is that by doing this though, now it's like boy <laughs> if Thanos Maybe, if, is the most badass mother effing guy I've ever seen on screen, I'll tell you what. And it's like <laughs> he better be because if he's not, it's like you spent 10 years building this guy up and killing off all these villains, including Ultron, who is a badass mofo, and you literally kill them off in one movie, we'll assume, I'll, you know, I don't really know if I'd see the need now for him to come back, but, I, I mean, you kill him off in one movie, and it's like, I, uh, that yeah. just kind of happened, where it's like, oh, wait, I am Vision, and I can do this and kill you easily. Yeah, after we just went through this whole movie... Of making you look like a god, and it's like, yeah, no, I'm just gonna kill you now easily. And it was like, well, come on, what? <laughs> you know, so it's like Thanos better be perfect at this point. Yeah, because you know, and that's the problem. That's unfortunately the direction that they were going in these Spider-Man movies. But you didn't have Marvel in control, so you, you know, they were like, oh well, you know, this second movie may not be great, but I'll tell you what, what we got coming for you is, and it's like, well. <laughs> First of all, well, you didn't—you weren't even able to get to that point, so you really didn't do a good job. So kudos to you. And second of all, by doing that, now you're just now you've got to make this perfect. You've got to make the Sinister Six perfect. While you and you, you're—it's already not going to be because you made Paul Giamatti the Rhino cough. Oh my God, kill me! Um, <laughs> and you're throwing the Green Goblin in there, and it's like now, granted, I actually thought that was very well done, minus the. Oh, minus, the, again, another rushed storytelling. I thought the actual Green Goblin was great, but, I mean, he came out of nowhere, so that was the problem. But Yeah. yeah Literally yeah. came out of nowhere at the end yeah. of the movie, like, wait, I mean, who's talk that? About, oh. Talk about, holy crap, literally five minutes ago in this movie, he wasn't dying, he had nothing wrong with him. They, they just met five minutes ago in this movie, and now he's killing his <laughs> girlfriend, and all of a sudden they're arch rivals, and it's like, the Green Goblin, most people will say, is, like, the Spider-Man villain. Not even, like, he is the number one Spider-Man. And you just, like, what? And, I I mean, again, I don't get why they can't. I don't get why with Spider-Man they're just, like, oh, crap. I, oh, God, we got to, oh, villain, crap, right. We got to do those. Oh, <laughs> and they just, they blow it. it. It's, like, it's not that complicated, like. You've got billions to work with. Will you just pick one and do it right? I mean, I don't understand why it's so hard for them, except for Spider-Man 2. I don't understand why it has been so hard for them to get this formula down of doing a Spider-Man villain right. Mm. You know, they've, they've done okay with the Spider-Mans, but it's like, why can't you get his villains right? You've got so many to pick from. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe there's, you know, so that was certainly the problem with this when They were like, oh, we've got so many to pick from well, we know people are going to want to see Sinister Six. Well, yeah, but you're not going to do it right. And, of course, they, we well, we never even got the Sinister Six. But, yeah, I mean, 
you know, it's like if you're going to try and tackle something like that, boy, you better have a plan. And they didn't. And, you know, that became very clear. I mean, it's not like. Yeah, I mean, it's not like they're going to hang a movie on Shocker or the Scorpion or something like that. It makes sense why they went with the Lizard and everything. But, like, going back to what you were saying about uh, Captain Stacy, like, I really enjoy Dennis Leary as an actor and as a comedian. And it's funny because. Whenever I think of Dennis Leary, I think of like his early '90s and mid '90s stand-ups when he was just like seemed like he was on a lot of drugs and seemed really just cracked out. Seemed as a very well reserved and very calm person. And this was interesting to see. And I thought he was just going to go on a rant on Peter Parker, like Windows, like his mile a minute kind of speeches. I was waiting for that. Didn't get that, but I was okay. Um, I think one of my favorite moments in it was when Peter is snuck into Gwen's room and Captain Stacy's going to her room and he's like, oh, do you want, like, chocolate or something like that? And they have that argument in the hallway and he's like, yeah, I have womanly issues. I can't deal with that right now. And he's like, uh, this is just making it uncomfortable. I don't want to deal with this. I think that's really good acting in Tez Leary right there. And what you said, like, his death should have been really important. It seems like, like ooh, that sucks, he's dead. dead. I mean, the most I mean, important, important thing that happened was death of the promise itself. I think they, they decided, decided to kill him off just to have that conflict of having him have Peter promise, to promise him that he would stay, stay away, away from Gwen, which, which is interesting, but also kind of like they kind of think about it later on, which is kind of kind of pointless. Um... And another thing, and another thing with the Abyssinian police, police movie, movie is that they're, they're, not, they're not completely incompetent. Like, the lizard comes out of the subway, right, right, to, right, to wreak havoc on the city, and he gets down and down with the SWAT team. Sucks. Sucks. It doesn't do anything. But it's like something comedy comedy where cops can't hit it, and it especially the villains. villains. Let alone, alone incapacitate for a couple of seconds. So I was like, I was like holy crap, crap, the police force in a comic book is not totally useless. I am happy, happy about that. About that. Anyway, anyway, let's move on, on to, to another staple we hold to Peter's relationships. And Uncle Ben played by Sally Field and Martin Sheen. What were your feelings on them in this movie versus, I guess, the Raimi's movies? Um, I thought, I thought it was pretty, pretty well done. I mean, it's kind of like the Peter Parker thing where it's like, oh, we're gonna, I mean, I get it, but it was kind of like, oh, we're gonna go, you know, down this route again. And it was sort of like, okay, yeah, we get it. We know, you know, I, I thought Sally, Sally, very good as, as Aunt May. I thought she did a very good job as Aunt May. You know, I thought that was a pretty strong point in both, you know, both trilogies, but I thought she did very well. You know, I, I certainly didn't have any issues there i mean again you know the casting was good you know the, the the acting was good uh they did a very good job um you know they really did a good job with all the good characters and and yeah yeah i mean i mean she was good she was a very good aunt may he was a good uncle ben but you know at that point it's kind of like all right we you know we know this story and you told us you were going to give us you know what we hadn't seen and you know, I mean, the Aunt May you have to have. So that I'm not really almost commenting on that. It's it's more so the whole Uncle Ben dying thing and that. And um, I, I just I, I you know he could. I mean, I I could have seen it as a flashback. I don't think we needed to. You know, almost court kind of like a, a Batman versus Superman thing where we got the quick enough flashback. Um, 
you know, I, I guess you have to have it in there in some aspects, but I don't think we needed the whole, I, I just, well, but then again, they all happen. So, you know, that's quintessential to the origin and, and him becoming, you know, it all ha it's all supposed to happen so close. So I guess it would have been tough to do that. Um, but I, you know, it's, it's just one of those things where it's like, do we really need to go through this again? And you know, whatever it, 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 it just becomes unnecessary time spent, you know, that could have been used to develop the villain more and things like that. So it's like, yeah, I mean, he was a good uncle Ben and you know, it's more important. I think who you get for aunt May and things like that, cause you know, she's going to be in there throughout the movie and it's a much more important character and it's, it's, it's going to drive home a lot more points and things like that. So, you know, they casted that well, they did that well. She did a great job. And, Again, you know, the the camaraderie on, on screen was, was good. And, you know, I didn't really have any problem with it. And at the end of the day, it, it's why you can watch these movies more than once. Uh, I guess more so maybe the first than the second. Um, and not want to throw up, I guess, simply because at least for the most part, you know, the acting and the characters and the casting was good. So it's watchable. It's, it's not unwatchable. And you're actually, you know, and if you love Spider-Man as much as I do, you know, it, it's Spider-Man. So you're just like, oh, I'll take anything. You know, <laughs> I, I love the character no matter what. And, um, you know, she was good as an Aunt May and, and they did a good job there. You know, again, I mean, she was good as, as Uncle Ben, but it's just, it's, it's, again, it's one of those things where it's like, do we really need this again? And, um, you know, we do, but, you know, at least we'll finally not have to deal with that, you know, in this new approach where we're, we're going to get the whole, well, it'll be a flashback probably, but this is, this is an established character. Um, and I'm okay with that. You know, I, I, at this point, you know, we've gotten all our origin story movies. You know, they did that with Batman vs. Superman. That was one of my big heels at first, but then I kind of understood it, and I, I catered to it, and I said, okay, you know what? Yeah, we don't need all this bull crap again, and I don't need to know. I don't think they should have gone the old route, but that's how it is in the comics, so I get it. But, uh, you know, the origin stories, it's just, you know... But that's what they were going for, you know. They 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 were going for yes, this is going to be an origin story, but it's still going to be the story you never heard or you <laughs> haven't been told and um, bullshit. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it really didn't end up being. I mean, oh, cool, you made up some story about his parents. Like again, I would have rather you just made a kick-ass movie about him and the lizard. I mean, they just they don't seem to they don't seem to get that no actually all you have to do to make a good spider-man movie is make the villain perfect and make spider-man perfect and guess what you'd have to be pretty stupid to have the movie up at that point if you nail the spider-man and the villain oh man you must you got to be a pretty shitty storyteller and writer to screw it up yeah so unfortunately they just don't really seem to get that with spider-man yet so i'm praying to god that marvel does because sony did not get that whatsoever except for spider-man 2 they just didn't get oh this is how you make a successful spider-man movie you make the villain storyline extremely good you make the villain extremely good and as long as spider-man's very good and you've got that character down and people love who you've got doing that and and whatnot you should be all set um and they just you know 
they, they they seem to do that with everyone else, but the damn villain, you know, again, you know, so great Aunt May, you know, so yeah, good Aunt May, another, another just kind of, you know, yeah, they did a good job, but yeah, and but unfortunately, it just, it all gets out once again, it all leads back to this all getting outweighed, and you're just like, man, God, you know, people listening are probably like, Jesus, how bad is this villain, and it's like, well, it's not as bad maybe as we're making it out to be, but it's bad enough that yeah, it's not like Arnold Schwarzenegger or Mr. Freeze or anything like that. Yeah, I didn't mean, oof. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, God. I, oh, you're poisoning my mind with memories of that. Oh. <laughs> yeah, no, it's certainly not that bad, but it's, it's unfortunately, as long as it's just bad and it's just not, it, it, if it's not, if it's just even, well, it just really wasn't that good, that's bad enough where it just brings everything down because it's such a huge part of the story. And with Spider-Man, it is, I don't mean to sound biased, but it is such a big part, you know, with the with the big villains. Because, again, the thing about Spider-Man is he's a kid. I mean, I, I know a lot of people are like, oh, well, this superhero, they're all young, right? And it's like, well, they're... <laughs> Spider-Man's a kid, though. I mean, and I think they're really going with that this time around. I know everyone's like, they got some, like, 12-year-old playing Spider-Man. And I'm like, one, he's not 12, two... If you bozos realize that's how young he's supposed to be, he's supposed to, <laughs> this kid actually looks like somebody who could maybe be in high school, yeah, you know, not senior year, and then boom, okay, we tackle that. No, he could actually be like young in high school, which is how it's supposed to be. He's a kid, and that's what makes him again as a kid growing up. I mean, granted, in the nineties, he's not really in the nineties cartoon. He's not really a kid, but he's like college student at that point. But he acts like one, so we almost made he almost. You almost related to him as a kid more just because he was that jokester and that sarcastic guy and you know the whole one of my favorite things about that cartoon was how he's always talking to himself consciously and you got the, the basically they made his thoughts you know he's always talking to himself and thinking to himself and whatnot and and that was so big too you know that that made me like him even more and we all think to ourselves and think, I just thought that was a very good element that they added to that cartoon series and but yeah, I mean, he's a kid, and these villains—that's what makes them so much more. It, it, to me, it was always just so much more interesting because you've got this kid, so it's more powerful for him. It's more impactful, and it's more—it's more damaging, almost in a sense, because you're not dealing with a grown man here or a young man, even in, in the sense of a young Bruce Wayne. Mm. You're dealing with a kid. I mean, a straight-up kid who has superpowers and is battling these these bad guys that he's battling, and it's. To me, it always made it a more interesting dynamic, and you know, the, that 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 was one of the other things that Andrew Garfield. It's like, well, I mean, you got that he was a kid, but he still looks old enough where you're like, nah, he's a young adult. You know, with this kid, I think they may finally have gotten the whole, yeah, he's a kid. You know, he looks like a kid, he sounds like a kid. You get that he's a kid. You know, even with Andrew Garfield, it was like, hey, he's a kid, but hey, he's a young adult. You know, you, you still you still didn't really buy the whole kiddie thing, so. Yeah, I mean. Uh, you know, it's, 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 but it's tough. I mean, I, you know, in a way I get it. it. It's a tough character to battle. It's, it's a tough thing to do, but there's no excuses for what's happened, though. I mean, no. it's not that tough where there's excuses for it. I mean. There, there are plenty of movies that have been made with tougher, you know, I mean, you know, it's just, it's these superhero movies and the hype is there and there's a lot more pressure in a sense and Sony has choked for, eh, well, 
I'll be nice and say they've only choked for three movies, but yeah. um, that's you know that's bad for choking for three out of five. So that's pretty. That's not a good track record. So no. there's a, you know, and that'll certainly get you the boot and, and finally give Marvel what they deserve. But you know, again, you know, Aunt May, good. You know, Uncle Ben, what he needed to be in the movie, good. You know, Gwen Stacy, great. Peter Parker, yeah, whatever. You know, Spider Man, nailed it. I mean, absolutely nailed it. And again, that's what kills me. But, you know, I'm trying to keep my eyes peeled away from what they've been showing and things like that. But you've got to make him sarcastic. You've got to make him funny. You've got to make him cocky in a sense. He's a kid. You got to think he's a kid behind that mask. And they did that with Andrew Garfield. They, 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 he was just. You know, from everything to the, you know, oh, you've nailed my weakness, it's small knives. And, <laughs> I mean, there's there's just so many, there's so many moments in those movies, and even the second one, you know, almost more so to me in the second one, which was the only thing that gets me through it. Um, it it's just there are so many Spider-Man moments that brought me back to that 90s cartoon, mm-hmm. and that never really happened in Raimi's world. Right. Um, and in this one, it did. You know, this one brought me back to waking up, you know, those Saturday mornings watching the Spider-Man. And I think that's why I wanted to fall in love with these movies. And at the end of the day, I certainly didn't. But it was why I found myself watching them multiple times because I loved the Spider-Man so much. And I was like, looking at it, it's just like, well, this is a crappy episode. Like, that's kind of how I had to envision it in my head. Like, oh, okay, that was just a filler crap episode. Yeah, but it was still cool because Spider Man's awesome in it, and it, that's kind of what got me through those movies. Um, but uh, you know, so uh, they they did that right, and you, again, you you'd think, but what a lot of people don't realize with Spider Man is now you really got to nail that villain, and you really got to make that it better almost. And I mean, you've almost got to do a better job in casting the villain than you do the Spider Man because. You know the Spider Man. You, you'll get there. You know you. They showed they could do that, but yeah, it's it could. And I only said just because they they've done a pretty good job with the Spider Mans, but the only the only villain they've really nailed was Doc Ock and two. And and other than that, they just they haven't they just haven't really seemed to get it down. And I don't know. I don't know. I think they just keep getting overwhelmed with themselves and. Hey, it'll be interesting to see the next chapter they take. I know what the rumors are and, and who they're supposedly going with. And we'll have to wait I, and see. Yeah, I don't know how I feel. I, I know the rumors are heavy on Craven the Hunter, but I, I, you know, I don't know how I feel. But hey, you know what? I, I trust Marvel, and when I see this movie Thursday night, I will, you know. I will probably even trust them more, and I will probably be tweeting and screaming about how awesome and perfect <laughs> Spider-Man was, even though he was maybe only in 10 minutes of the movie, and I'll still probably be like, oh, my God, they did it, and blah, blah, blah. But um, at the end of the day, I mean, I would have been fine with Andrew Garfield, but you knew it wasn't going to happen. I mean, no. it, but it's just the laws of physics and movies and well, we can't just start. We can't technically just start over with this character who's already him, but we'll make it our own still. But blah blah blah, and yeah, and Sony being the screw ups they were and screwing him over and things like that. And I'm like, I'm like, man, I really would have been fine with Garfield Spider Man though. Like he would have been so great with the Avengers, but we'll see. Yeah, he's in there, and trust me, I don't care. I've wanted Spider Man since. And I planned on telling this story briefly, but I've wanted him since the first Avengers movie. 
at the end when uh, Nick Fury is in the Hell Carrier and he's walking up with what's her name to the window, and she goes, "What are we gonna do now?" You know, now that they've kind of, it was essentially, they've all gone their own ways. What are we going to do now that they've separated? What happens if another threat comes? And I just remember sitting there in the theaters like, oh, please look at her and be like, we'll just recruit more. There's plenty out there. And just somehow, even though at that point, Spider-Man was in no way Marvel's property. I was just like, please say it. Please say (laughs) something. Recruit more. You know, we got just somehow alluding something. Oh, there's some supposedly something going on in New York City, and I'm just like, oh, <laughs> such a perfect platform to be like, oh, well, we got this web sling, you know, a-hole in New York City we can recruit, and I was just like, oh, that would have been such a better killer line if he just looked at her and was like, we'll recruit more, there's plenty out there, and I was just like, oh, ever since that day, that was when I really was like, God, we need him in here, we need him <laughs> with these guys, and unfortunately... I was like, oh, God, it'd be great with Andrew Garfield. But at that point, it was kind of like, that was the whole beginning of that. And I was like, oh, God damn it. I was like, well, that's not going to happen anytime soon. And here we are, and it's happening. So yeah. I guess things come to those who wait. But unfortunately, I'd rather not wait. Of course. I mean, um, getting back to what you saying about Ant-Man and uh, Uncle Ben, like, people know what happens to Uncle Ben with Peter. Like, you could probably, like, say, like, like Santa Claus brings toys to kids on christmas jesus died on the cross batman's parents are gunned down alley as well as uncle ben he was gunned down too like people just know that they're so ingrained in people's memories of what uncle ben is for them so i agree you could almost could have done that in during the the opening credits scenes like they did in batman v superman where we have the origin of the inciting incident that makes him want to be spider-man you could have done that they chose not to and want to do like kind of like Almost like a beat for beat, like we're gonna have an argument before I, before I'm gonna feel guilty that you're dead because you chased after me, mm-hmm. and then you have like at least they didn't do with great power comes great responsibility over again. Otherwise, I've been like, I, I think I would have eye rolled my eyeballs into the back of my own head, and then I would have, yeah, I, I would have been, yeah, they really beat that one home in the, the original. <sighs> I mean, holy shit. Yeah, like, I, it, it kind of became one of those things where it was like, all right, you're really starting to get carried away with this line, and now it's becoming cheesy, and oh, God, and then you got the third, you know, by the time you got to the third movie, it was like, well, I can't get enough cheese in this movie, so. <laughs> uh, and that's the other problem. It's like, you got to make it funny and good without making it cheesy, which can be done, but. It's funny, like you're saying, like, three out of the five Spider-Man movies are kind of crap. That's how I kind of viewed the Terminator movies, like, Terminator 1 and 2, fantastic. Everything else? Not really. It's kind of shitty after it. Like, when the numbers creep to that level that, like, the your odd number amount of movies are, like, the better ones, it's not a good sign of a good franchise or just how a track record should be with a movie franchise. And... I know it's not like we're beating down this movie. Like, I still enjoy this movie. There are parts of this movie I really like. It's not like like we should burn this at the stake or anything like that. It's not the worst yeah. comic book movie. Like, you look at Catwoman and Elektra. Those are probably two of the worst movies. Or Ang Lee's Hulk. Those oh. Probably... <laughs> oh, there's plenty. That... Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, these are... <laughs> These certainly don't rank anywhere near a bottom of a, of a pit like some people put them, but a lot of people are, you know, it's got to be perfect or, or not. And, I mean, even nothing's literally, you know, 
at that at this point nothing's good to them they're like oh everything's shit and it's like well you're just an idiot um yeah because at the end of the day it's for entertainment i mean it, i do get that these movies really aren't for their story value but at the same time it just you gotta at least make it somewhat freaking you know smart mm-hmm. so I, I get it but no these these certainly are not yeah these aren't they're watchable they're not at that level where it's like, oh my god, this is Batman Forever unwatchable. I mean, they're not, they're not there. Granted, now whenever that movie's on, for some reason, I still watch it. I think just to laugh at it. But um, I'll, I'll I'll defend saying Batman Forever is better than Batman and Robin. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and that's unfortunately one of those scenarios where it's like, well, yeah, that's not saying much, but. <laughs> I certainly agree. No, there's, yeah, no, that's, that's definitely, definitely true. But no, they're, they're, they're not, these movies you should be throwing out a bottomless pit. They're just, it's, it's really a big, it's a big, you kind of look back at them and, and you're like, oh man, what if they would have just blank, blank, blank. And what if they would have just, uh, what could have been, you know, it's kind of that classic, like, there was a lot of potential, but it did. Unfortunately, it was false potential. Um, so I, I don't know. And unfortunately, that's just become it's become a dying. I mean, it's sad as a Spider-Man fan because it's almost ruining the character. It's almost ruining the integrity. People don't take it seriously anymore. But then again, I. I should probably eat my words because once the announcement was made and once we knew that the possibility that is now a reality, that will be a reality for us at least in about 48 hours. Mm. uh, I mean, the world couldn't be happier. So I'm very happy to see Spider-Man back on top of the world and back to being as relevant as he should be. Mm. Uh, and where he belongs. You know, he belongs in this story. He belongs with everybody. He is such an important character. He is such, you know, and I mean, I've been saying it since day one. I said, you can't have, I mean, as soon as they announced Civil War, I said, you can't have Civil War without Spider-Man. And I said, that's not a biased statement. I said, that's a goddamn fact. I said, yes. you can't have it without him. And I mean, I don't think there, the movie, I don't really think is going to have that many ties to the comic other than they use the name and, there will be storylines in there and hopefully big events from the comics. You know, it's more they just took the characters, I think, from the comics is what it's going to end up being. But um, who knows? We could be surprised. I mean, just based on a lot of things I'm seeing and what they're going with. But at the end of the day, they have the common core, the quintessential, the number one in the middle character that needs to be in this movie, and that's Spider-Man. And thank God they just you know, took a dump on DC when they announced BVS and just said, oh, really? Because we're, uh, here's our slate. And oh, yeah, Civil War's in there. And it was just kind of like mic drop. And I was like, well, that can only mean one thing. And if it does not mean one thing, which is put a knife through Sony and finally get the rights to one of your most triumphant characters, then I will literally jump out my second floor window and just know that there's never any hope for Spider-Man, at least in the live action field of things right so um you know at least these movies so kind of going off that at least these amazing spider-man movies gave me hope i'll give that not that the raimi trilogy didn't but 
you know, I was I was more of a kid growing up with those, so it was kind of more like, yeah, this is awesome. <laughs> by the time you know, by the time I got to three, I was already a smarter young. You know, I was already a teen and smart enough to kind of be like, wait a minute, this is crap. <laughs> like, god damn it, this sucks. Like, this is not Spider Man. Once you know, because by then I I was really in love with the character, and now I'm getting into the comics and and all these kinds of things, and you know. I mean, by the time Amazing Spider-Man came around, now I'm an adult and I'm in love with Spider-Man and I'm like so excited, you know, because they're doing the right villain and, and everything. Again, everything pre-movie was, oh, they're going to, you know, wow, they're, they're staying true to the comics. They're going to give us the story we've never heard, things like this. And it was kind of like, okay, you know, I'll take their word for it. Why not? Mm-hmm. You know, it's Spider- mainly because it was Spider-Man, so I'm a sucker. So I was like, eh, why not? You know, I'll take their word for it. But so the hope was there. I mean, the movies were, I think a lot of people will disagree, but in my opinion, the movies weren't bad enough where it didn't maybe at least give you some hope. And then when the trailers came out for the second one, I mean, it was kind of like, well, I don't really know how they're going to do a lot of these things, but this movie looks badass and I'm ready. Mm-hmm. And, you know, more trailers came out and it was kind of like, all right, this keeps looking better somehow. And I was like, okay. Back in my days when I, Still, and I, and it still even gets me now. Uh, I'm still trying to to get over this hump, but I watch a trailer, and if it's freaking awesome, I fall for it. Um, I, I'm I'm getting close to not allowing that to happen, but they just some trailers, man. They do a good job, and they get me, and they make me think the movie's gonna be amazing. Then I remember, oh yeah, they could have easily just taken all the good parts and shown you. So that yeah. was certainly what they did with Amazing Spider-Man too. Uh, they certainly made you think it was going to be a hell of a ride and a hell of a uh, setup for Sinister Six in Amazing Spider-Man Three, but they, yeah, they did a good job with that. Other yeah. than that, they did a horrible job with the movie. So, well, at the end of the day, after watching those movies, I'm still saying, man, still waiting for somebody to do it right. So they um, were, but they weren't good enough. Right now. I know we've had this conversation before when we were back in Oswego. What are your feelings on the costume in the first Amazing Spider-Man movie, along with the web shooters that he built? Uh, really no issues with the costume. Um, I, I, hate to already, I hate to already put it to the side, but the eyes in the second movie, perfect. Mm-hmm. Loved it. That, yeah. and see, again, you're here, and my geekiness starts to come out where it's like, really, Joe, the eyes, and it's like, you don't get it. Like, that, <laughs> that was, that's a classic Spider-Man look, those wider, that's the amazing Spider-Man look. So they, they, they got, you know, I was in love with the little tiny aesthetic detail that they changed for the second movie. But as far as the first movie goes, I, I didn't mind it all either. And, you know, again, that's another big key point, going more towards the comics with him making the web shooters and things like that. Another thing a lot of people didn't, you know, wouldn't realize, but that's, you know, that's a, that's another big kind of tie-in sort of thing where he, where he's making them rather than that being a part of his, his actual powers and things like that. You know, again, that was a huge thing in the, in the cartoon as well. So it was kind of cool to see them go back to that. So I was okay with that. And I thought it, it gave it a much more, um, you know, when he, when he's uh, in the knife scene in the first movie, when, you know, you know, just the the power when that guy's hand hits the bricks and gets strung. I mean, you just, they felt more powerful. Mm-hmm. It, it gave it more of like, 
and I you know I guess the thing I could compare it to is um, come on y'all knew I was gonna do this I mean let's be honest in Star Wars The Force Awakens um, <laughs> they made lightsabers scary yeah I mean for the first time ever you were like dear God that is a nasty weapon I mean they made them scary and nasty and I've never looked at the lightsaber the way I did after watching The Force Awakens, so I thought that that's kind of what I like to compare it to. Um, they made it; they made it seem a little more powerful, a little bit like holy, cr- you know, holy shit! This thing, man, this, these things do some damage, and just the sound effects and everything. I thought they did a good job with that. I thought the suit, you know, yeah, no, the suit. I mean, you know, yeah, he's got a lot of variations, but you, you know, they're obviously going to go with the central classic look and. You really can't go wrong. I mean, it's why it's again sort of one of those things where you'd have to be pretty stupid to screw it up. Yeah, you know? it's it's um, you'd have to be you'd have to really go out there and really go and and you really can't because why would you? There's so many variations that at the end of the day you'd probably just, I mean you've got so many already original variations to go with. You don't need to create your own Spider-Man suit. So and they would have had to be pretty idiotic to to screw it up. So I. I I liked it a lot more. I thought it gave him a, a bit more. Now, granted, he was more of a sleeker Spider-Man anyway, but mm. I just thought I, I liked the sleeker look. I liked the, uh, I don't know. I, I definitely think I liked that one more. But, again, that's another one where a lot of people are like, oh, it was garbage. You know, Toby's was so much better and this and that. And I'm like, well, yeah, at the end of the day, it's kind of just, you know, one's opinion versus another. But I, I, I liked Garfield. I just I liked most things about that those two movies better simply because they were more. Uh, I think they at least tried to make it a little bit more comic esque and tied to the comics as far as going with things like that. But again, to me, the Spider Man. I just I absolutely to this day will always say I loved Andrew Garfield as Spider Man, and that just as a diehard as a diehard Spider-Man fan that will make you ignore a lot of bad parts in those movies simply because you just they did Spider-Man right in my mind so yeah i mean they get away with they get away with me bashing a lot of the things they did wrong but then again if i watch those movies now i think i've gotten to the point where i'd probably be like oh god and only because i know a new one's coming that's probably going to get done right so i can sit there and be like you idiot you screwed this up <laughs> i mean like Somebody brought up another podcast, like with like like one of the problems with the web shooters in this movie is like, if he could build those web shooters, why is he a poor kid? He should be able to patent that thing and be rich, and his yeah. aunt wouldn't have to work. I mean, like if you want to be really nitpicky about that, sure. I like the fact I like the montage of him building the web shooters, and they don't come together right away. That it takes several tests for him to do that, and but. Also, an interesting thing that I thought they never did was that he never ran out of webbing. He never did like how many how many episodes in the TV show where, crap, yeah. I'm out of cartridges. Yeah, I can't that, really that fight was, this person. Yeah, that was a that was a big thing in the cartoon. Uh, and like, like, ooh, I got one cartridge left. I hope I got to make it work. I got to get back to Queens. Hopefully, I'll be able to swing there and what have you. And then with this costume, I like the look, and it's definitely like I said before. This is definitely a post-Nolan movie, so it's kind of like a darker sleek sleekness to it. And, like, we're trying to be a little more realistic, hence, like, the sunglasses lenses or the lenses for his eyes in the suit. Which does beg the question, like, alright, it is pitch black out in, in Manhattan, you got sunglasses on? 
I mean, I know you got your spider sense and everything like that, but like, like, oh man, I hope that building, I hope I can, I can uh, squeeze between those two buildings, crack right into it. Like, oh wait, I misjudged that. I shouldn't have used sunglasses as my lenses here. I mean, if you want to be nitpicky about that, but I agree. Something about that suit that just really visually interesting that you can't take your eye away from, especially like you said in the knife scene when we first get to see it full-fledged and he, he kind of like half turns to the camera. I don't know why. It's just something that really stuck out to me. Now, another thing with all the uh, Spider-Man movies that none of the Amazing Spider-Man movies kind of address. They do address, but they never they never did J. Jonah Jameson again. And do you think that was a smart thing or a bad thing on their part? Not recasting J.K. Simmons as, um, like, not having J.K. Simmons in there and having a completely different actor be J. Jonah um, Jameson. I mean, it, it, it's almost kind of one of those things where, I mean, yeah, some, honestly, sometimes I forget about that whole thing and how they kind of, I guess to me, and I know a lot of people would be like, you call yourself a Spider-Man, but are you kidding? Change on the chain, blah, blah, blah. But it was kind of like, you know, I'm I'm almost sitting here going, oh, like I said, I'm almost like, oh, yeah, you know what? That's right. He wasn't. <laughs> they did kind of, they did kind of amscray on that whole storyline. It's like, well, I guess that that's my point. It's almost like, well, do I really care? No, I guess not. Because it's kind of like, they still can't get the damn villain right. I mean, again, to me, it's like, well, screw J. Jonah Jameson. Just get the damn villain in Spider-Man right. I mean, Spider-Man can exist without J. Jonah Jameson. Mm. Jameson can't exist without spider So, I mean, you know, it's kind of like, let's focus on the important pieces here. And I understand he's such a pivotal part and a pivotal role, but if Spider-Man sucks and Jameson is awesome, are we really going to sit here going... Well, well, at least they got Jameson right, but they fucked up Spider-Man. I mean, no. We're not going to sit here and say that. Mm-hmm. So, I I don't know. I'm not torn or heartbroken that they didn't put him in there. Right. Um, but, they, you know, I mean, I guess it would have been interesting, but they had enough. I mean, look at what they, they couldn't even handle with who they did choose to, to, to tackle. So, God only knows what would have happened if they tried to, on top of that, tackle this character and throw him in there. So, right, uh, you know, God knows he certainly would have been able to fit in the second movie with everything they were throwing in there. <laughs> and they had that, you know, planned out, I, I think, even before they made the first movie. So it's like, I think they kind of just went from the get-go and decided, meh, we'll, we'll maybe throw him in there when we need to. But, I mean, that's that's the problem. I mean... They didn't even know if they were going to get as far as they did, and they didn't even get close to as far as they wanted to. I mean, I remember when they announced everything, and they were like, yep, three and four are going to come out this year. This year we're making these spinoffs, blah, 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 and my God, they they really thought they had it together, and it's like, you made not a really good movie. You better hope this one's, like, perfect, because if it's not, you're done. And, I mean, then it was like, after seeing the movie, I was like, I was like, boy, they better stop thinking they're going to make a three and a four and two villain knockoffs because that movie was not anywhere close to worthy of them getting more more money and stuff to do this. And I was like, God, if Marvel doesn't jump on it now. So, I mean, 
I, you know, J.K. Simmons did such a great job in those three movies. I mean, he was definitely one of the bright spots throughout. But, I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't really know what they would have been able to do with the character. I just, it again, it's tough. I mean, that's where Spider-Man is tough. You've got so many characters. And, I, you know, every comic has them. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, Spider-Man is just, man, you got a lot. I mean, there are a lot of villains, and in my opinion, there are a lot of, of, of big ones. You know, and it's like in Batman. I mean, Batman's one of the only other ones I kind of throw up there because it's like, I mean, obviously, I am not very thorough in comic knowledge. So, you know, I know, of course, you know, deep Superman fans or deep Wonder Woman fans. Or deep, oh, well, you don't know. You, how can you say that Spider-Man is the only one with a bunch of big villains? I mean... You don't even blah, blah, blah. I get it, but it's like, well, but there's a reason we know so many Spider-Man. Like, you know, if I go Green Goblin, it's like, most people know. If I say Venom, most people know him. You know, if I say the Lizard, I, you know, I think most people would know him. I mean, there's a lot of villains that I think a lot of people would know if I mentioned from Spider-Man and it's Batman as well. And Superman is kind of like, okay, Lex Luthor, you know, okay, General Zod, okay, Doomsday, okay, Darkseed. <laughs> oh, that was only four? Oops. I, I mean, that's just my biased opinion, but I think that's how it is for a lot of them, where it's like, you know the big ones, but you don't... I mean, to me, Spider-Man's always just had so many, and I guess it's probably just because I grew up with him primarily, but... So it's tough. I mean, I don't really care that they didn't include him at the end of the day. I mean, I, I don't really care. I don't really think that... I understand he's a big character, but... He's a big character if if you can do it. You know, if that's if he's in your plan, yes, go for it. But you know, and if you're doing a TV show, blah blah, blah he is necessary. I mean, if you do a Spider Man TV show, you have to have him. But then again, yeah. you've got all the room and all the time in the world to do it, so it's it's you know, of course it's necessary. I mean, when you're doing a in my opinion, if you're doing a movie, it's like, well, <sighs> It dep- I guess it all depends. And it's like, you know what? With Raimi, Raimi was like, we need him. And, he, yeah. you know, he did a good job with him. Webb was like, eh, we don't really need him. You know, that's not the direction we're going. And it was like, okay, I can live with it. I'm not going to sit here and cry and moan and complain because you didn't put J. Jonah Jameson in him. I mean, I understand, again, that he's a big character and a lot of people would disagree with me. But I, I guess that's just my opinion. I don't – he's not – He's not needed. I don't think, and after watching those two movies, I don't think you're like, oh, man, if J. Jonah Jameson was in there, these movies would have been, that would have saved the day. And it's like, no, no, it wouldn't evolve anything. <laughs> so, in my opinion, that should say it all. You know, yeah. if there's not a character that's going to save these movies, then, you know, you don't need them. And you can sit there and say how he would have saved them all you want, but no. Throwing in his newspaper photographer boss would not have saved the day on these movies. So No, that would have just added another plot line to Amazing Spider-Man 2, which it did not need. Yeah, exactly. You know, and it, and it didn't need it in the first one because you needed to focus on what you didn't focus on without even... I mean, you, you couldn't even battle the story with one villain. So why they thought they could do it with, you know, three or four, whatever, you know, what they did in the second one, it's like, my God. <laughs> People just, you know... They, oof, they really, <laughs> I mean, it's it's unbelievable to think what goes on behind those closed doors, but it really does, and these people literally just sit there and, and they, they eat it up. It, it's funny to think that these guys are like, 
we should have this and this. And I just realized that when I watched the documentary on the whole making slash almost what was the Nicolas Cage Superman movie. Yeah. And the guy that was basically in charge of, of yang and nang everything that got put in that movie and made for that movie. I mean, the guy was an effing imbecile. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was John I, Peters. I believe so. Yes. And he's, I'm just sitting there and I'm like, wow, this is what really happens. Some guy just literally pulls something out of his ass and goes, this would be awesome if we threw a giant fighter in it. <laughs> and everyone's like, yeah, okay. And this guy's, you know, trying to, like, defend himself. And I'm like, dude, you literally sound like a moron. You're literally sitting there going, I just wanted a giant spider in a Superman. I mean, the guy literally was saying this in the documentary. And I'm like, and he's eating himself up. Like, he's like, yeah, it would have been perfect. And, and this is what we were going with. And, blah, blah, blah. and I'm like, and we got to have Brainiac. And, but, but, but I wanted him to be, like, not, not Brainiac, but, like, Blah, blah, blah. Oh, and we had to have zombies, and we had. And I'm just sitting there, and I'm like, I can't believe these things actually happen. <laughs> like these people actually propose, and then I and then I see movies like Green Lantern and stuff, and I'm like, oh, okay, never mind. It all makes sense. <laughs> people sit there and they go, you know, it'd be a great idea, you know, if we made it all CGI Green Lantern suit. People, oh my god, and they literally think it's the most greatest thing in the world, and it's like, you really not see how shit that is. So it's like, you know, it'd be a great idea, guys. If we made three villains in this next Spider-Man movie, even though we couldn't make a movie with just one villain, and if we literally made the entire movie with no story other than to set up Sinister Six, which uh, we don't even know if we're going to make. And I people mean... sit there and they're like, oh my god, that's genius. And it's like, <laughs> we're sitting in our, like, I'm like, damn, I know I'm making it sound like I'm a genius and like it's so easy, but I would have literally sat there and been like, uh, well, that sounds like shit and absolute crap. And I'm like, you gotta, th- th- there's gotta be at least somebody in there who's a diehard Spider-Man fan who probably knows 10 times the amount of knowledge I know, can, you know, and they're not speaking up. You're telling me you don't got one person in there that, that, that knows Spider-Man in and out with their eyes closed and can recite certain comics, probably line for line. That's not sitting there like, uh, you know, that'd probably be crap. But then again, at the end of the day, that's probably the person they're looking at going, uh, you're fired if you keep opening your mouth. So... I mean, that's the problem. You've got idiots who don't know comics making comic book movies. So it's it's quite an irony in the industry. I mean, you think of like, it's probably the same thought process. Like, let's make Galactus a giant cloud in Fantastic Four, the Silver Surfer. Oh. Like, that would be a great idea. Like, yeah, yeah. that would be fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And the sad thing is, is, that's literally the conversation. And people are like, yeah, yeah, that could work. <laughs> be awesome. And it's like. Boy, do I wish I could have been a fly on the wall for that one. <laughs> but then again, I don't, because that's, exact, that's exactly what they were probably saying. And it's like, oh, man. We are unfortunately in a very blessed age. It, 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 it's a curse and a gift, because we've gotten blessed with seeing movies that, that people could have only dreamed of. But we've gotten cursed with uh, with movies that people could have only had nightmares of so (laughs) it's a very cursed and blessed age that we live in where we get movies like the avengers and and dark knight and um uh, it's sad that i can't you know and iron man and things like that but you know unfortunately that we get spider-man 3 and 
the Fantastic Four movies, which I I think the first crap one was the only one I've really seen start <laughs> to finish. Uh, I'm scared to watch <laughs> the newest one. Uh, if you want to have a good time and laugh your ass off, you you get a few friends and some beers, and you watch that to see you have tr- you see a train wreck coming from a mile away. You watch that Fantastic Four movie, the one that came out last year. Yeah, I, you know, I mean, I, I really could give two Fs about Fantastic Four, so I wasn't, you know, it sucks, because I, you know, unfortunately that one I will buy completely from the director that, although I, I heard he's kind of a piece of work, but I still buy him that 20th Century Fox completely after that movie. Um, yeah, I mean... Because, I, you know, I heard for the first, you know, for the most part, it starts off as, as, as a Trank sci-fi movie. I loved Chronicle. Loved that movie. Um, loved the dark vibes that you don't really expect in that movie. And I, I feel like, as I've heard, you get that, and then all of a sudden it was like, eh, and then literally a button switches, and you're like, oh, okay, so this must have been where 20th Century Fox stepped in and directed the movie. So it's like, oh, God damn it. So again, we're in a cursed and a blessed age where it's like, this is what could be, but because the big boys get to make the decisions, this is what we get for the most part. So it's like, eh, god damn it. I mean, like, you know, you'll know that moment if you watch it. It's because they have a, they, it goes to, cuts to black and it says one year later and it jumps ahead. And you're like, oh, so now we know where, yeah, where, where Fox took over. And like, that movie had potential. It, like I like the cast. I like Miles Teller from Whiplash. And I was expecting him to be really good as Reed Richards. And anyway, I, I, I've re- I've re- dealt with Fantastic Four in the past. So I mean, on a different podcast. But anyway, one la- uh, another question I have. Then we'll do a wrap up. Like with the Amazing Spider-Man movie, the first one, when he gets his powers, he does show them off uh, uh, a lot. Do you think? I mean, the question is. How does nobody put two and two together at this point? Like, he smashes, like, the uh, backboard of their gymnasium. He dents the... Uh... Yeah, that was a little... The whole the whole basket, the whole field goal post, I was like, um, hello. That's not <laughs> possible in any way whatsoever. And I'm just like, why the... F- that, that's... I'm not even kidding. That's probably the biggest flaw of the movie. Or I mean, the tri- that- where he's on the subway and he gets attacked and he, he sticks to the ceiling and people see his face at that point and nobody's like, you know what? I think that guy was Spider-Man. Yeah, those, those are probably the biggest flaws and you don't you don't realize it because they're supposed to kind of be, especially the field goal post, it's kind of supposed to, well, in the basketball too, it's supposed to be like a funny thing almost of like, ha ha ha, and you're like, wait wait a minute, wait, wait a minute, he just, <laughs> he just Shaquille O'Neal the basketball hoop, like, What? You're like, how is, yeah, how is nobody, yeah, those are, uh, it's like, but again, those are, those are the things where they're sitting in the conference room, like, and Peter Parker jumps up, dunks basketball, smashes and completely breaks basketball hoop, and people are eating it up, and I'm like, oh, man, like, geez, I'm like, I don't understand how people can be this idiotic, but I, I don't know, yeah, those, those, yeah, he certainly does fly. That's what I and that's what I was talking about earlier with, you know, him being aggressive right off the bat and things like that. And that's a little, that's I, that's not really the route it should go. I mean, everything just progressed so quickly, and all of a sudden he's not afraid to confront all of his people that bully and things like that. And it's like I get he has powers, but again, he's supposed to be 
an out he's still supposed to be an outcast so he's tentative these things his mind doesn't just flip a switch doesn't just flip because he's spider-man now and he's like oh wait i'm badass and i can beat up anybody i want that's not his conscious like it doesn't just change in the blink of an eye so that's a little um i don't know that's a little bit they they, they didn't do that too well but uh, again unfortunately i just kind of look at it all like you know well Okay, well, I guess I don't really care anymore because now they're all relevant again. <laughs> so I really With, hope you don't have to say that statement again. No, I mean, like Which, you. I don't think I will. No, I mean, like you were saying before, like you want like Carnage being your favorite villain. We're at least five or six years away from getting a Carnage in a movie because we gotta have Comb coming first, and they're not gonna start off Venom there. They're gonna have to have Venom first before we get Carnage, and. It's like, I would love to see Maximum Carnage in the movie theater, but, like, also, like, have, like, an R-rated cut for, like, DVD or Blu-ray release. Like, that'd be perfect just to have that have that opportunity with uh, Spider-Man. Now, I know it sounds like everybody, we've beaten down this movie, like, constantly to make it sound like, like we have a lot of gripes with it. My question is to you, during our wrap-up here, do you still recommend this movie for people to go check out? Well, if you like Spider-Man and you like the character of Spider-Man and you want to see Spider-Man done extremely well in a movie, then yes, I, I certainly recommend it. I mean, if if you wanna if you wanna get to know this character better and you wanna, you know, in my, again, in my opinion, you know, if you want to see a good interpretation in my eyes of this character and at least Spider-Man done right and kind of get a sense, you know, if you're somebody who's kind of jumping ship here and you're like, oh man, well. I got to get on board with Spider-Man now and things like that. I, I think this is a good source material to kind of what to maybe look for um, in Civil War. And with this, this this whole new, well, what we think. But again, it's Marvel and I trust them and there's no reason not to. They haven't screwed up yet, so there's no way they're going to screw up with Spider-Man, right? Right. Um, but if you want to get, I think, a good source material and a good look at what they should keep and what Marvel should continue to do, at least. I think this movie is definitely worth a watch. I mean, it, you know, it, Andrew Garfield does an amazing job as Spider-Man, in my opinion. Emma Stone is great as Gwen Stacy. And really, for that reason, I think it's worth a look. It's worth a watch. It's, you know, again, if you're somebody who's becoming a fan, or obviously, you, I mean, if you are a fan, you've seen it. So I, I think it's really just for, obviously, people that, you know, well, is it worth it? Yeah, it's fun. You know, it's a good time. It's nothing great. It's nothing fun. I mean, you may, and at the end, be like, why the hell did I watch that? But I, I don't think it's that bad. I don't think it's, um, it's it, it's definitely not unwatchable. There are plenty of worse movies. Um, so that's why it's like, you know, let's not, let's not give this, let's not kick this thing down before we've even watched it. But, I would recommend it, but I, I I don't know if I would to somebody who's just kind of like, is it worth my time? And like, I watch superhero movies when I can, and like, I like to watch like the good ones. It's like I don't know if I'd recommend it to somebody like that. But like, if it's somebody, you know, for most people, I think I'd be like, yeah. Like, if somebody was like, oh, is this movie crap. Like, do you want to watch it? I'd be like, yeah, I'll watch it. I'd be like, yeah, why not? I'd be like, you haven't seen it before? Yeah, sure. I'd be like, Spider Man's awesome in this. I'd be like a great spider-man movie from his perspective and for watching him it's certainly worth it so mm. 
I think my bias and my favoritism would certainly most times be like, yeah, I recommend it. Yeah, you should watch it. Um, but there would probably be, you know, specific cases and specific instances where I'd be like, yeah, I don't think you should watch it. I don't think you'd like it. But, the, you know, that's with every movie. You know, yeah. there's always going to be people that you know, like, eh, no, I wouldn't know that you wouldn't like it. So, um, but, I, you know, I guess at the end of the day, I recommend it. I, I Look, I don't hate the movie. I don't think it's absolute garbage, but I don't... It's not one that I'm sitting here always dying to watch. I mean, you know, it's not a movie that I'm like gonna you know that i'll that i'll sit here like star wars or or something like that and be like yeah i've watched them all like 20 times it's certainly not up there but you know i've watched it a couple times and i've enjoyed it for what it is and i'm sure next year to get myself prepared i'll you know that i guess i'll say this if i were to if i were to try to get myself in a spider-man mood i would probably watch those movies and maybe spider-man too but i i like to emphasize that i'd probably watch those movies over Raimi's just because oh. I enjoy them more and I think they're more watchable and they're more worth a watch in my opinion. Huh. Interesting. It's, it's kind of like the inverse of most people. Most people would say like, I'll put on the Raimi movies before I put on these. It's interesting to hear from a different perspective. And I agree. Like it's definitely worth a watch. Like if you're uncertain about it, I say at least rents, but if like you're really like, Oh, I heard good things about this. I should get yeah, them. I say, yeah, buy it if you want. I say definitely check it out. Now, do you have any other final thoughts on this movie before we sign off? Um, well, I remember when it was coming out, and I'll just say that, man, the hype was there, and, and, you know, this is when I really had developed my love for the character and that he was my favorite and that, you know, hands down my favorite and... You know, it's definitely one of the movies that I've been most excited for in my life, just because it's Spider-Man. I mean, it's, that's really why um, I was so pumped for this, and I could not wait, and I had such high hopes, because basically I was just like, they can't, they can't, they can't screw this up. I mean, there's there's no way they could, you know, mm-hmm. there's just no way, but, uh, you know, they did, and... Um, I, I again, I really loved the character and everything, but it just unfortunately they didn't do it right. But you know, I, as a whole, they tried. I'll say that they tried and and they they unfortunately failed. But I don't, re- you know, I don't regret them like I do Spider Man. Like I don't, you know, like Spider Man Three. I'm just like, oh dear God, why did that movie ever happen? I don't really say that about these two. I definitely don't say it about the first one, the one that we've primarily discussed. I definitely don't have that kind of thought about it. Like, it wasn't great, it wasn't really good, but I don't look back and be like, oh, you effers, you have ruined the world by making that movie. Forever tarnish Spider-Man by making that movie. Whereas Spider-Man 3, I'm like, oh, you, God, if anyone I ever know sees that, and they're like, well, Spider-Man 3 was pretty garbage, so, like, Spider-Man, like, that's Spider-Man, and I'm like, oh, it's not, like, <laughs> they make that movie, I don't really, I don't get that with, with those two, and, and especially the first one, and, again, it's mainly because Spider-Man's awesome, so I know if anything, someone would be like, eh, that movie is crap, but Spider-Man was awesome, and I'm like, okay, that's all that matters, but, like, as long as you liked him, and, then, yeah, you know, you're right, he is awesome, so, I mean, I like, know. Like, like, um, 
Batman has his Batman and Robin. Superman has his Superman Returns. Spider-Man yeah. has his Spider-Man 3. I mean, it's like, or, and Wolverine has his origins Wolverine. Like, all those movies are like, we like these characters, but they're in pretty terrible movies. I mean, that's yeah. like, that's how I kind of equate that. All right. Like, I, and I say, I enjoyed the movie when I first saw it in theaters, and it's kind of lessened over time. Maybe it's because of, the hindsight of now experiencing Amazing Spider-Man 2 has kind of hampered this movie experience. I'm not too sure. But I own it on Blu-ray. I own both of them on Blu-ray because I was like, I'm, because I know, A, they both, both of them look good, so I'll enjoy it on a visual level. And there is enough in there for me to enjoy that. I'm sure I have my problems with it, but overall I enjoy it. Now, if they want to find you on social media, Joe, where, where can they find you? Um, well, my handle is... At Joseph, I believe it's Joseph P. Noel. And, uh, I think most people should know how to spell um, Joseph. But uh, as for the last name, a lot of people sometimes get that confused. But it's at Joseph P. Noel, and the Noel is N-O-E-L. And that's where you can find me. And it is the social media other than Snapchat that I am on constantly. So, trust me, feel free to follow people because... Uh, I also tweet entertaining things, but that's where you can find me, and uh, I'm on it all the time, so, you know, I'm always, uh, you know, do what I gotta do. <laughs> um, if you want to follow me on social media, you can follow me on Twitter at Timothy Rooney Uh Follow, obviously, this podcast on SoundCloud.com. Uh, follow me on Instagram at, at um, T, uh, well, Shit, I totally forgot my Instagram name. It's gonna be in the, it's gonna be in the description below, people. Just look at there. <laughs> I can't be bothered to remember that. Number one fan. <laughs> uh, you can obviously follow my YouTube page and Facebook page through the Lens Productions, and I hope everybody's enjoyed uh, this podcast on the Amazing Spider-Man. Um, I want to thank you, Joe, for being on the show. Hey, you know what? It's always a pleasure. Um, anytime I'm asked, I'll be on. Uh, it well, was great. It was great. Great topic. Great, great discussion. As always, that I know it will be with you. So uh, I appreciate that. I had a really good that. time. I enjoyed it. Um, if if everybody's enjoyed this podcast, uh, don't worry. We'll probably end up covering Amazing Spider-Man two, and then the gloves are coming off. Like punches will not be pulled when it comes to that movie. Despite there are some good things in there, but <laughs> yeah, there's. <laughs> There's definitely a lot more negativity to talk about in that movie, I think, than the first one. Uh, yeah, no, definitely. Talk about a movie that had had the idea, but <laughs> pretty much just took a dump on it. So, oh, yeah. man. It just reminds me of one of my favorite moments in The Big Lebowski when Walter goes to help the dude with the hostages names. You fucked it up, Walter! You fucked it up! That's yeah. how it kind of is. As, 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 Walter, as Walter did many times in that movie. <laughs> uh, oh, man. But since we brought it up, uh, well, I hope everybody's enjoyed this podcast. If anything goes on SoundCloud.com. And since we brought up the, the 90s cartoon so often right now, I'm going to leave a little treat at the end for you. So hopefully everybody's enjoyed this podcast and come back soon. We'll be covering other geek and pop culture and we'll talk to you soon. 